Hello and welcome back to 10 Years of Arnold, a conversation podcast discussing the films of Arnold Schwarzenegger from Conan the Barbarian to Terminator 2. In this episode, we are discussing 1987's Predator, directed by John Mc- John McTiernan, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers, Bill Duke, and Jesse Ventura. So this was one that I knew that I really liked, but it, unlike, say, Terminator or Commando, it wasn't in the same like rewatchable echelon. Not not quality, just in my the amount of times I had rewatched it for whatever reason. It just didn't. Uh, I hadn't rewatched it as much as Commando and Terminator. But my goodness, I don't know if it was because it was my first time watching in 4K, or because I'm having such a great time making this show with you, or because the documentary, the making of documentary, is amazing. So good. This just hit everything. Mark, how good is this movie? So this movie uh, is so good. Dustin, and it's really something that's hard to explain how good it is if you haven't seen it or if you're not talking about it like we are right now. But this movie is greater than the sum of its parts. It is two plus two equals 10. And how it (laughs) happens, I don't know. I don't understand. But this movie should not be as good as it is, but it, it really is. And everyone should see it, really. I had, I think, probably the opposite experience that you had in watching this movie in that this past week I watched Predator with my father, but I was the one introducing it to my father. I love that so much. Which is, I can't wait to hear about it. I'm so excited to hear about that. I, I was so glad that it worked out that way, that he was in town with me and we watched Predator. He's seeing it for the first time, which is the opposite of you, I, I assume. Did your father introduce you to Predator the same way he had for other Not movies? Not the other ways, because we we didn't own this one. So that, I think that was I think that's part of the reason why it didn't kind of make its way into my rewatchability thing. Like we had the Terminators and we had Commando, and my dad was into like '90s Arnold too. So like Eraser and True Lies and all like those ones. We had those ones, but we didn't have Predator. But when it was like on TNT or whatever, you watched we it. would like he we would watch it, but. I mean, that's another thing, like when you watch kind of the edited version of this, it doesn't, no, it doesn't land that's not what quite you as mean, much. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I love that you watch this with your old man. That sounds incredible. He was a great stand in for someone who has absorbed details about Predator and had some idea of what he thought the movie was about, but didn't really know what happened. Uh, and then watching it, how those things and the reality kind of crossed uh, is fun. Another thing I'll say is, In some of these other movies, I've talked about things that I thought were dumb or stupid in positive ways. Mm -hmm. This movie, I don't do that. I'm not going to be doing that in this movie. It's just awesome. Yeah, there's no, I don't really have any like ironic, like ironic enjoyment here. I think this was all genuine enjoyment. Genuine, 100%. And I really felt that watching it this time. The only other thing I'll say before we get started is I think this podcast really was birthed from Predator. Because uh, we watched it together, didn't we? Yeah, we did. That was a fun time. I was thinking about that when we watched this. So this is years yeah, ago now. a long time ago. Years ago, Mark and I used to actually work together. And that's kind of how we first met and became friends. But uh, a, mutual fr- a, a mutual friend of it ours. It was a good group of people. And we've all kind of gone in different directions. I mean, we've stayed in touch mostly. But this one group was a fun group, a good group to be with. And we got together one night. Go ahead. Yeah. A mutual friend of ours who at the time we were all working together. Uh, he had moved into this new place and his roommate ended up like Craigslist roommate, which uh, which is like always a risk. But he ended up being like a really cool guy. He moved in with this guy who was already established and they had this like sick home theater system. 
And so we met that Projector guy in the basement. Yeah, we met the guy and he was like, oh yeah, have, yeah, have your boys over, like do something. So we picked a movie and I don't even remember how or why we landed on Predator, but we did. We were probably just talking about how awesome Predator was and being like, oh, we haven't seen that in forever. Yeah, it's been a hot So minute. we got together and watched it in this basement projector. That was a blast. And it was awesome. Yeah, we, we, did, we had beers, wings. It, it was awesome. It was such a fun time. We were time. cracking up. Yeah, man. And I was like, I like that time. I distinctly remember, like, oh yeah, okay. I used to only ever watch this on TNT, and there's some, exactly. uh, there's some gore, there's some language, there's some, like, <laughs> I mean, there's some things that like were pretty mm-hmm. shocking. So for sure, and I think that really that's the birthplace, maybe of if I can trace this podcast origin to any specific point, that's probably the first point yeah. that put us that on planted the, the seed. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, so. Predator, man. Predator, laying, planting the important seeds. But take let uh, take us in, Mark. Let's get it. Let's get it going. Yeah. So this movie starts off in uh, an interesting way. I mean, it's called Predator. If you know Predator, if you've seen the title, if you've seen images of an alien creature, it starts off in space. I was kind of struck how much of like a Star Wars esque intro this was. Yeah, it's the title screen says Predator, and then you get the stars, and you get a spaceship flying in space, and the thing comes out of the spaceship and goes towards Earth. That's the very first scene, and I think it's it's yeah fine. If you didn't have that, I wonder how much more this movie would change because you don't really revisit this for a bit did you did you come across this in your research john mckiernan was pissed about this oh no way that's awesome i really i like that the studio put this in Mm. and he was mad about it he wanted the kind of reveal that it was a alien or whatever to be later on to be later on he from my understanding was he was pretty upset about um about well that's a cool take i agree with him on that I, i i i mean i you go into it it's predator it's legendary there's no you know you know what it is to some degree, but it starts out with that. And you're like, oh, OK, well, we start out in space with, with a spaceship. Yeah. I know <laughs> okay. I was doing that thing again that we did when we talked about Terminator was like trying to envision yourself in 1987 yeah. watching it for the first time. So it's like for me, like this is one of those movies that I don't remember the first time I ever saw it. So I just knew you just know the story, you know, and mm-hmm. so the intro doesn't I think looks cool. It's fine. Um, it's fine. But it like. I can see how, like, if you were in the 80s and you didn't have that scene and then, like, the first glimpse you get of him, oh, it'd be yeah. like, holy hell. What the? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Totally. Totally. Then it kicks right into the killer score. How do you feel? Killer I love score. the score. The Amazing. theme is so good. Theme is good. All of it. It's got this, uh, yeah, I don't know, 80s. Perfect 80s vibe with these awesome Vietnam era helicopters just yeah. coming in. What one of the things that this movie excels at is it does so much showing instead of telling. Agreed. So when all like as soon as this thing lands, you you see the squad, you see Arnold's team, and they all you can already tell they all have like different personalities, and they don't say a word at this point. Jesse Ventura's character, he gets off. He's wearing like an I don't know if you know he's wearing like an MTV tank top. Yeah, I saw it <laughs> later on in the movie is where it stood out to me. I didn't notice it in here. Super eighties. Bill Duke's wearing a suit, <laughs> and like everyone's kind of dressed different. So you kind of you get that team dynamic that everyone's going to have their own flair, and but they don't say anything or really do much other than just just seeing how these guys interact. But then you just get the amazing shot of Arnold with the hat, with the aviators, the five o'clock shadow, just smoking mm-hmm. a cigar. He looks incredible, man. He looks incredible. This movie is the biggest his arms have ever been. Oh, he like put in some work. His arms look amazing, but I'm here for the five o'clock shadow. I think, is this the <laughs> you first? You like that? Yeah. You is like- this the first? Uh, <laughs> the first scruff? It might be. I think because he's been clean shaven, I think for the, the our whole, yeah, I think our whole right. run here. So, I mean, 
I'm here for five o'clock shadow, Arnold. Uh, That's great. It's incredible. Um, his, his, he definitely lost weight for this role. He, they wanted him, he wanted to be leaner mm-hmm. and more command, like a actual commando. I said commando, like, and the references are just a uh, jumble. <laughs> I wasn't referencing the movie commando. He wanted to be more of like a lean shredded commando. So he didn't have the bulk in his like torso that he normally does and shoulders, but his his biceps. Oh, my gosh. They're enormous. And there's several points that I'll have to call it out. But um, they're featured. The biggest his arms have ever been for sure. Uh, But yeah, he he looks great in this scene. The only other thing I'll mention is the um, opening credits of all the actors names in there. I got a uh, my dad had a. Jesse Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the legacy of Jesse the Body Ventura. Yeah, so that was that was fun to get just that reaction. That's hilarious. <laughs> Not expecting that. <laughs> I love that you so your dad didn't know much about this movie like at all, right? I'm uh, He didn't. Is he I into mean, action movies or is it like Yeah, but he's, this the Arnold stuff missed him. Okay. It, it wasn't his thing, which was why it wasn't my thing sure. either. Yeah, ever. that makes sense, yeah. My dad and I grew up we watched like war movies was like our bonding thing. So we watched Saving Private Ryan and all of those kinds of like military war, World War II, et cetera, et cetera stuff. We bonded over that and other things. But these particular action movies, some of them he'd seen, but like this was one that he had just missed and it wasn't that big of a deal. Nice. But yeah, he was like, Jesse Ventura, <laughs> Jesse, <laughs> what is going on? Jesse the body uh, for his yeah. first film role too. Uh, come to find out. Uh, he hasn't been in a ton of movies. I did look up it, but this was his first film role. I am pleased with his performance. Oh, it's great. Uh, he uh, meets up. So uh, Arnold, he meets up uh, with a general and that's when we learned that his name is Dutch major Dutch looking good. Dutch just goes by Dutch and, the general invites him in and kind of explains like, hey, listen, like we had a um, a cabinet minister. He was on kind of a diplomatic mission, if you will. But all of a sudden we lost his chopper and we need you to go in and extract him. So it's kind of late. Ar- it's laying the foundation that Arnold's team is a like a rescue team. And he goes like, well, wh- what do you need me for? And then you hear Carl Weathers, Dylan, off in the distance go. Some damn fool accused you of being the best. And that's when you get the just the wonderful Dylan. You son of a bitch. Best high five of all time. Best hand clasp of all time. Iconic. Everlasting meme. Capital A Arnold moment. Is it? Yes. Okay. I'm still, I'm struggling. You weren't sure? No. Well, because I'm still kind of wrestling with your definition a little bit. Because I thought the definition. I know. I, of, I, th- I threw the definition out I, this okay, movie. Okay, great. Just so That's you know. awesome. That's great. Because <laughs> the definition of being like an act that you don't believe a person can do unless it's Arnold. But I was like, well, anyone can high five their friend, but like it doesn't, it's not going to look as fucking cool. No one can <laughs> high five their friend and cause the room to shake, right. to quiver under the power of their class. <laughs> it's not going to look as fucking awesome when it's not, uh, when it's not Arnold. So yes, capital A Arnold for sure. I do have a yeah, few, for sure. I have a few capital A Arnold moments that like, I think we're aligned with the original definition, but I also yeah, like that you're definitely. I like that you're expanding. I'm here for I'm expanding. I'm here it, for yeah. expanding. <laughs> Come to find out, you know, so clearly they have some history, but we get a, some dialogue that shows that um, Dylan's now works for the CIA. He's kind of razzing him about his tie, and uh, he's like, "What's the matter? You, get, you know, the CIA got you pushing too many pencils. You're getting lazy. There's just so much like. Well, that's because they did like the arm kind of oh, wrestle yeah, he, like, in the air, kind of playing. They did the hand clasp and they're yeah squeezing and arm wrestling and. 
Arnold's getting the best of him here, and eventually he uh, he, he teases him. CIA got you pushing too many pencils. <laughs> he Dylan's fighting back as much as he can, and eventually he just laughs it off. Um, but yeah, so this this part's interesting as they kind of do this intro of story. I think it's interesting because. Like Commando, I said at the beginning of Commando, if we get anything wrong related to the story, it doesn't matter. <laughs> True. This this movie, if we get anything wrong related to the story, it also doesn't matter for a completely different reason. Because this movie gives you a story here that's reasonably interesting and compelling and carries the beginning of this movie. And at a certain point, it changes <laughs> to something completely yeah different. which again that's why this movie does kind of like subvert a lot of expectations in that regard and to your point if we didn't have the intro with the alien ship you're just thinking like cool i'm signing up mission. for a military action movie this is going to be sweet now granted like it's gonna be sweet hopefully you didn't watch any of the marketing but yeah you're just like all right it's gonna be a military action movie predators are pretty like generic kind of sounding name so yeah you're just signing up for a military movie here for sure and then we're right into it. So, oh, there is a, a pretty key, uh, a big important line, I think, where um, he... Um, you get some details about the crew and who they are well, and what they're they kinda, do. Well, yeah, they're kind of jawing off. He's like, you know, well, you know, why didn't you take Berlin or why did you turn down Berlin? And he goes, you know... Libya. That, oh, that's not my type of work because, you know, we're a rescue team. We're not assassins. Mm-hmm. Already setting the That gives you an idea. Yeah. He's... These guys are... These guys are good guys, quote unquote. They're here to help, not here to destroy... That and yeah, they'll kill when they have to, but they're not like bloodthirsty. They're not they're like, not murderers. Yeah, exactly. They're not just showing up to. Yeah, totally. I thought it was uh, a good scene where uh, they're kind of going over the details for the mission. And Dutch is like, some of this stuff isn't really adding up. I don't really know what what we're doing here. And Dylan just kind of jumps jumps into it. He's like, look, we're going to get this guy. We're going to it's a grab and go. We're going in and out. No one's going to know. Uh, and then, oh, by the way, I'm coming with you. By the way, I'm coming with yeah. you. And I, I, Arnold goes, well, you know, we always work alone. And then he's like, well, we all have orders. And I guess that's the end of that conversation. They're not like, he's not like, no, listen, like we only work alone. Like, do you want me to go in? Cause we only go in. It's none of that. It's just like, well, we always work alone except for today when I guess we're taking you with us. But yeah, Dylan is coming along for the ride. You're coming Dylan. So uh, and they go, they get right on the helicopter. The helicopter scene rules so much. It's the best. Such it's a awesome. fantastic um, intro to all these characters. Their vibe. You love these kinds of scenes. Love them so much. I mentioned, like, I love the rogues gallery scenes where you're, you're, you're getting the crew, you're getting the lineup. I love them so much. This one's so good, man. It's so good. Each person gets a good moment to shine, yep. I think. And they're not, you know, they got the little Richard Blair in. Bill Duke is shaving for some reason. I just that cracks me up. He's in the back shaving. Got to keep it. Got to keep it smooth. Got to keep it clean for the thing. But then uh, Jesse Ventura's moment to shine with um with, as Blaine. You know, he's eating tobacco and trying to offer it. And there's like <laughs> he's like stupid. eating it. He's not chewing. <laughs> it's <laughs> his whole side of his face yeah. is like expanding out. Like in three inches from the side of his, <laughs> and he's just gnawing on it. Disgusting. Trying to offer it to all his like crew, and they're just like, no one wants no it. No thanks. Eventually, Poncho's like, get that stinking shit out of my face. <laughs> and that's when we get uh, half of the great line. We're just like, bunch of slack chawed so and so's around here. This stuff will turn you into a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus, just like me. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> I forbid you from putting in the actual line, which you couldn't do anyway. I would we would not. I know. <laughs> I, I do not condone the F-bomb, uh, that F-bomb. So um, Yeah, yeah, no. totally. I know you wouldn't, but <laughs> but that was very well done, by I'm the glad. way. I was, uh, just... glad I was kind of working on my Jesse Ventura impression because <laughs> I wanted to hopefully get a laugh or two out of you. So we'll see. Nailed we'll it. See I'm very, he... very pleased with that. <laughs> we'll see if he comes back. <laughs> But the sexual Tyrannosaurus is fucking hysterical. Dude, That I remember seeing that line <laughs> in the basement uh, on this huge screen, and it killed the whole room of us. We were not ready we for that. We were not ready. That Like, the nail and the we watched this on TNT only coffin was, and we were just exactly. like, holy shit. Um, it, we, were, we maybe have never actually seen him say that. We were, we were like, what the hell? So we were dying. That was a blast. Um, but that sexual- like what a line for him to just carry on his future sexual Tyrannosaurus, <laughs> just like me. <laughs> I watched this. Uh, I watched this twice this week in kind of preparation. But the first time, my my partner was watching with us, with me, and our dog was on the couch, Diego, and I just looked at him like Diego. Are you a sexual Tyrannosaurus? And she just like <laughs> sighed. <laughs> like, she was like, oh, God. I was like, I think Diego's a sexual Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> we also get, uh, we don't get a great moment out of Billy, but don't worry, we'll get them. Billy and Mac, they kind of sit in the background, but we do get a good uh, joke from Hawkins. Well, it's a, it's a good Billy moment, too, because he doesn't like this one, but then he oh, yeah. he comes he around does like, and like, yeah. likes the, and the other one, but Hawkins is... Again, everyone gets their moment to show what they're about. And Hawkins is the big. Uh, he's the goofball. He's the funny guy. Yeah. He's got the jokes. He's got the pussy jokes. He's all about it. Did you see the play by Shane Black Did you, in the documentary when he's like, my mom walked out of the theater, not because of the <laughs> pussy jokes I was making, but because I ultimately end up dying. <laughs> That's funny. I don't remember that part. but But yeah, he's making all these inappropriate jokes and. They're just not have like Billy's not. Have they it. are like the most like over the top generic crude joke, like so over the top and ridiculous that you're just you kind of cringe from how crude it is. Uh, such frat bro energy, but like to the next degree no, of ridiculous. Absolutely. For yeah. sure. It's absurd. It's great. Uh, <laughs> very funny. Poncho. What does Poncho do? He's the one who says, get that stinking shit out of my face. <laughs> Which is great. I'm a big fan of Poncho. I like Poncho too. I for every time I watch this, for some reason I'm like, oh, that guy. But he, um, Richard Chavez, like he, he's not in a ton of stuff really. I looked at like it didn't seem like he was really? in a ton of things. But for some yeah. reason, every time I look at his face or watch this, I'm like, he just he's a handsome fella. Oh, he's great, and he's actually probably like, I mean, he's he's the best looking dude on this crew. Yeah, he's up there. I mean, besides maybe Carl Weathers and his mustache. Carl Weathers pretty handsome. He's pretty jacked in this. Got that <laughs> sick mustache. So. <laughs> No, he's yeah. Uh, we'll get we'll everybody will get their time. Get Don't their time worry. Shine. But yeah, then all of a sudden, like the alarm starts going off, and that's when they know, like, all right, playtime's over. And they all like get their guns ready, get their gears ready. They kill the radio, and then oh, um, uh, Dylan tells Dutch that there's no pickup. They're going in, oh, and then they right. gotta they gotta hoof it to get out. You're right. So, and Dutch isn't happy about that. This. Uh, this mission keeps getting these changing details that are not so great. Just seems like everything that we learn, it's all going going worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, Blaine spits some chew Ugh. right onto Dylan's shoe. Uh, that's right, because Dylan's kind of the outcast in all this. They're kind of like this, they don't feel they're not the feeling CIA him. guy. We're kind of annoyed that he's 
joining us. We always work alone, so we're going to be pretty cold to this guy. He spits on his shoe. That's the, like, that's so fucking disrespectful. (laughs) Spits on his shoe. This nasty. Oh, man. Spitting is. Shoe spit. Spitting's nasty. And Dylan um, indicates, come, like, come closer. So Blaine leans forward, just his whole jaw moving and chewing. And he says, uh, I thought this was a really weak comeback after being spit on. He goes, it's a real nasty habit you got there. Plane just grins. He just like, and that's it. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that He's was a pretty bad comeback. Like, don't just don't say anything. If you're going to have a weak comeback, <laughs> yeah. just shrug it off. Yeah. Just, you know, you got spit on and just move on. So we're in the jungle next. We land. If uh, anyone listening hasn't watched this movie in 4K yet, please do. Please find it because I'll say it now. I'll probably end up saying it again, but. There's like certain jungle scenes that just I when I was watching it this time, I was just like, oh, my God, this looks so amazing. It looks incredible. Another thing about this movie that it's just it's just the whole movie's in the jungle now mm-hmm. and it they don't need to vary it as much because it just naturally does. You don't need like to be going between different locations like you do in other movies, mm-hmm. like you're not in the city and then you're on the, um, you know on the beach in the whatever it's just the whole movie's in the jungle and it shouldn't be as awesome as it is that the rest of this entire movie takes place in the jungle but it's awesome it rules it's really great and just seeing what they went through during the production like this must have been it was rough insane like hearing some of the actors like bill duke has a line of like when they would rig up explosions and things for of the various scenes he was like we'd come we'd do a take then I'd go sit in my trailer for five hours while they rewired everything. And then they'd be like, all right, come back out here. Like, I cannot, those poor crew members who yeah. like everything they had to do to like get the cameras right, lay the dolly right, lay all the spec, like, holy hell. Just sweating constantly. But so much like, yeah, I mean, just so much passion clearly went into this. We move quick though. Yeah. Like they don't, they don't waste time with this plot. Nope. Much and like, you know, Commando, we go, we get, they get to the chopper that was gunned down pretty quick. The, yeah. The the chopper in mission, Poncho climbs up, kind of finds that like the, the first victim, our first set of gore, um, some pretty, a pretty like flayed individual. Dead pilot. Dead pilot comes down and lets Dutch know that like, hey, something's funny. Whatever hit them, hit them crazy hard. This wasn't like your run-of-the-mill typical insurgent guerrilla rebels. Like they got hit with like a heat-seeking missile or whatever it so, was. So know. Poncho is comes up to Dutch first, and I like that he that they do this. He's like he was Poncho went up through the helicopter. He comes down. And he goes straight to Dutch, and he's kind of talking quiet. He doesn't why they're all they're all the one group. Well, obviously he doesn't want Dylan to kind of hear what he has to say before Dutch does. He goes. Just basically telling them this isn't adding up. Yeah, something's wrong here. And uh, Dutch is the one who says has the great line. Took him out with a heat seeker. So Dutch was the one who knew what had firepower was needed to bring it down. Yep. More skepticism from Dutch. He was already in at the beginning. You mentioned he was super skeptical, and now his like face is just like. Mm. So Dylan comes over, and Dutch is like heat seeker, huh? How did these? That's that's pretty high level. Uh, equipment for a bunch of gorillas to have out here, uh, basically just calling them out. And he's like, whatever you're telling us is not adding up. And really, like, at this point, dude, like, you should have come harder on this guy if you were, like, actually concerned because this does change your mission. It's going to put you at a greater risk. It's going to put your men at a greater risk if you're up against 
firepower that you didn't know to expect. And he doesn't really press him. Like right now, I'd be like, dude, I'm not taking another step until you actually tell me what's going on because we got to get this right. Yeah, he definitely does show a lot of care for his team in this, which I really like. I really like that part of Dutch. But you're you're right that like maybe like pushing a little bit harder of like what's going on. But I mean, I think there is kind of that like, you know, he still does have orders to a certain extent. But like on repeat viewings, you do kind of notice that Dylan's story is like a little little sloppy. He's like, yeah, man, like uh, he's like, know, I don't know. These rebels are getting they're getting, getting stuff armed from- better every week. Oh, I don't know. What to tell you about. Yeah, exactly. like, he just waves it off. And then Billy who's my favorite. He's great. Um, he calls over from the side and he's like, hey, six guys came up here and then they left together or whatever, however he describes it. Uh, and then he says, they're wearing US government issue boots. Again, and showing, not telling. In this scene, we've already learned that we've learned Dutch has some brains on him. He can sniff his, like something's not right. Poncho's the kind of like agile guy. Like you need that agile guy. And that comes up again, his agility. And then you have Billy the tracker. And we are like, it's just filling it in beautifully. Yep. Filling it in beautifully. They're just doing the stuff. They all just take each other's word for it. You know, Mm -hmm. Billy tells him, he's like, Billy would be the one to know by looking at tracks that the boots are U.S. issued, U.S. military issued. Yep. So, yeah, they definitely know that something's uh, not right. Billy starts to follow some of these tracks and um, (laughs) he's kind of walking around and he decides to cut like this like branch and drink some. Sometimes you get a little thirsty. Drink some water out here and. Out of a vine. Yeah, whatever. But he he notices that like he hears something. Or he senses something. They say it's his nose. Uh, Because later in the movie, Bill Duke Mac is like, that goddamn nose of his or whatever, you know? like They they just all kind of like understand that he just has this thing about him. He just gets stuff. And they say, is it whether it's his nose, whether it's his ears, whether it's his eyes... And he just gets it. And and so he's taking a drink and he has his head turned to the side and he stops. And the water or whatever it is leaking out of this vine just keeps running and it's running down his shirt as he stops and slowly turns his head to the side and just starts moving ever so slowly in this direction. And we find a chilling scene. <sighs> These bodies look... Grizzly like- scene. Yeah, my partner was like, whoa. Like, I was like, yeah. I was like, the effects in this are nuts. Like, I got a reaction out of my dad, too. Like, because yeah. it was, it's grizzly. It and is. it's not just like these, these, so we get three corpses upside down, strung up, feet tied up, and they're upside down. I mean, there's, there's no skin. They're definitely skinned. They're gutted. And it's like the last vestiges of flesh on the skeletons here. And it's just all gore and red. And their their guts are like in a pile underneath them. It's disgusting. I do like that like all of them recoil at this. Like you have yeah. these hardened soldiers and they know mm-hmm. that this is next level. They've seen some shit. These guys have already seen shit in their lives. These guys are grizzled veterans from Vietnam. Like And Poncho sees it and he crosses himself. He's like, mother of God. It's and they're like, this is upsetting. And, he, and Blaine and Mac are like, that's no way for a soldier to go. Like, mm-hmm. what would do this? What could do this? Yeah, I think uh, that scene from Poncho where he crosses himself gave me, uh, he's like the the most human connected character in this movie. And that carries through in a couple of other ways. But this was the first moment that you see it. He shows natural emotion and, and human reaction to these moments that happen in this one in particular. I agree. I mean, he definitely like, he still does what he needs to do. He doesn't have a freak out, but he, um, he's still able to like, can contain himself, but his reaction is just very human. 
and but yeah, everyone's upset by this. They get yeah. more upset because they find a dog tag in the viscera, I guess. And uh, Dutch recognizes the soldier. He says, "This is Jim Hopper," and he, you know, what were they doing here? This is Jim Why, Hopper. Jim Hopper. He's I a know green, this guy. He's a Green Beret. He's a Green Beret. Why Bray. are they here? Again, he's starting to smell like something's not right here. Dylan is basically like, I don't know. I didn't order him here. Oh, I didn't do that. I have no idea why they were here. Maybe they were, you know, who knows? There were, a lot of people come in here for a lot different of reasons. Co- who knows? Yeah, covert, covert ops, we don't know. Um, but then... Jim Hopper is an interesting character because you don't see him. You only see this dog tag. You assume he's one of these three corpses hanging up. But he actually looms large over this whole movie and is a big reference point for Dutch on a number of occasions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his the fact that he was part of this incident here leads to influence Dutch's decision making down the road. Uh, and they question Billy now. Billy is kind of investigating this scene as they've been working on these bodies, taking these bodies down. And they're like, hey, man, like Jim wouldn't walk into an ambush. He's too good. And, but Billy's like, I don't like he's like, this doesn't make I any don't sense. Think he did. I don't think you walked in ambush because I can't find a single track. So those boots that I saw were from the helicopter and then they here. left the helicopter to here where this group got jumped. But now there's a couple more tracks. So I guess maybe two of them survived. Two out of this group of six survived. And so now they they're identifying that there's like hostages. Is this the moment where Billy says that he they were firing their weapons? I think he may have. I think. Yeah. Didn't he say they were just kind of like firing out in all directions, but like there's no tracks. There's no so tracks. For them, they, so like whatever they were, it was that they were shooting at, like they had no no evidence of actually shooting at something. Yeah, I think you're right in that regard. And and so if they're like if they're if Billy doesn't isn't finding any tracks, there are no tracks here. Definitely, but they know something massacred these guys, and so now it's it's time to let old painless out of the bag. Mm-hmm. And so let old, old painless out of the old bag. Old painless out of the bag. So Jesse Blaine Jesse Ventura says this massive minigun um and we get our first uh heat vision glance how do you feel about the heat vision predator vision predator vision is fine yep i get it i i still wish that we would have delayed this go a little a bit deeper. longer yeah because it gives away right away what happened to these guys and i like the idea of the audience thinking like dutch and them that they were that a human did this to the, their men which is upsetting in its own way but the fact that you get right away, oh, no, this, there's another worldly creature that did this is it's like, a, I mean, it is what it is. Like, it's Predator. Like, we know this, but still. I can understand that. I mean, if you think like what we talked about this during Terminator, it was it's probably like a solid, what, 35, 40 minutes into Terminator before you see the robot vision. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, I think we're probably 13 minutes into this movie. And now we are, you know, barely into this movie. It is fast. This this movie gets to this point. Yeah. Super fast. Super quick. They're like, all right, well, we got to. Um, I just got one other thing. I'll just throw it in and then we'll go to the stumbling part. Um, Dustin, have you ever butchered a deer? I have seen never personally, but growing up <laughs> in rural New Hampshire with a hunter father and whatnot. I've, OK, you had a hunter father. OK, I've seen it done. Yeah, yeah, sure. I had a neighbor when I was like a teenager and I was interested in guns and maybe taking up hunting, which is not something that I ever took up. But, uh, he like brought me over one day to show me how to butcher a deer that he got. And, mm-hmm. um, so I saw the, uh, removal of the skin and the guts, I guess you do back wherever you, uh, you take it out at you. Yeah. Cause t- it makes take those out quick. It makes it lighter. <laughs> yeah. Dragging yeah. a heavy ass deer out of the woods <laughs> sucks. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, I did, I, that's what these guys looked like. They looked like something that had been hunted and skinned and strung up. Yeah. Uh, they're 
guts in a pile beneath them there. That's <laughs> that made me remember that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, we get a great uh we get a great scene here uh from Carl Weathers and I think what I'm going to categorize as a capital B Bill Duke scene. I'm I'm I sanction this. This is fantastic. <laughs> it is there's more than one of these. He has a lot of moments he's in this so movie. Much, <laughs> I like him a lot in Commando. He's so much better in this movie. Oh like, my gosh, he rules in this movie. I mean, he has way more to do, but he yeah, kicks sure. so much ass in this movie. And I like <laughs> I said, I like him in Commando, but he is fantastic in Go this Go ahead, movie. take us through this moment. Dylan falls down this hill, makes a ton of noise. They're all being quiet. Dutch is literally like, yeah. no noise. No he noise. Says, no noise. We're going in this pattern, whatever. Gives some orders and they all start moving. Dylan slips. He's the outsider, makes some noise. As soon as he stands up, Bill Duke in his face, and he goes, In his face, like straight to his face, like nose to nose. You're ghosting us, motherfucker. I don't care who you are back in the world. You give up position one more time. I'll bleed you real quiet. Leave you here. Got that? Amazing. The delivery is amazing. His, his, head doesn't move when he says it only his bottom jaw and he's just right away as soon the dude slips for one second and he goes to get up mac is in his face and he goes you ghosting us motherfucker <laughs> that was good that was a good that's <laughs> uh, incredible so ghosting good so awesome but i was it, it instantly gets, like there's your you get that moment you're you're the star of this moment absolutely but again <laughs> uh, showing not telling like it kind of it it lend, it's showing you that like mac's a little twitchy mac mac is like he's an intense dude he is an intense dude for sure uh and then we're we're heading towards our action scene we're coming up on it we sneak up on the village they're kind of they're doing like an army crawl i have it like a compound yeah. Like, I don't know if it's a village. It's like right. A, it's probably more of like a fort, like a, it's a like fort a shack or a, yeah, or like, it's like a couple of shacks stacked together. Yeah, but. you're more accurate. Um, but they sneak up. You know, Dutch is doing some surveillance with his binoculars, and at this point, he sees one of the two. They've determined that there's two hostages. He sees one of the two get assassinated, and he is like visibly distraught at this. Yeah, again, they're pissed. painting that like he's a rescue guy. He doesn't take death lightly. He's a rescue guy. He doesn't take death lightly. He'll kill when he has to. Oh, he'll kill when he has. <laughs> he does. And he doesn't like this, so he he's like, "All right, let's go. We got to move because there's only one guy left, and I'm gonna tr- we're gonna try to save this guy." So he calls out the order. He's like, "So and so, go over here. You guys over here. You two on backup. Wait for me to like get down on the fuel depot, and I'll get going. I'm gonna sneak before, down." Before before we go into like the moment to moment here, how do you feel about this action scene? For, like at the top, it's great. Love it. It's amazing. It's so good. It it's looks amazing. amazing. John McTiernan is a phenomenal action director. The way it looks and it's staged and everything comes together, it's just, it's remarkable. It's remarkable. It's it's awesome. It's goes on for a long time. Yep. Yeah. There's just, there's so many good moments in it. Including a capital A Arnold moment right off the jump. Off the jump. So for he, sure. So he crawls down. <laughs> this was like within the original definition, but I, I as, as much yes, as I like the expanded one. So they're using a, a truck. They have this truck and they've taken off the back wheels. I, I don't know exactly what they're doing with this thing. but I think they've probably propped the... So they have it. It's a real world drive truck. And they. I think they have propped the gas pedal so that the real wheels continue to spin to power a generator. Because there's like a band or something okay. on... Yeah, like it's sure. powering a generator or whatever. So he looks like he's going to like take out these one guys. And then he's just like, no, I got a better idea. Yeah, he, he, he creeps up slowly, but he's out of cover. Now, and his whole body is outside of the cover, but th- they've taken out the um, 
out outer perimeter guys. Yeah. Um, Mac takes out a guy. Um, maybe Poncho takes out another guy or Billy or yeah, something. I think it's but, Mac and Blaine, Poncho and Billy are the pairs. And then it's yeah. like Dylan and Hawkins are like on back. Yep. Yep. Totally. And so they've taken out those guys. So they know there's, there are not any lookouts out, but he just walks right into the camp and there's like dudes really close to him, mm-hmm. but they're not looking at him. They're, they're facing away from him, but he's also not hiding, but yeah, he sees this truck and it's doing this thing. The rear wheels are going. He thinks he's like, ah, maybe I could, you know, maybe I could just take them out. And he's like, you know what? I got a better idea. Sets a claymore in this truck, goes up, <laughs> slices the band, lifts the entire truck up and like from the back of it, he's just lifting it up, taking it Take- off. And Dylan's like, what is he doing? And then Jesse Ventura's like, what the fuck? Amazing. Because that's what, that's what everyone must think about this. But I love that because it shows him seeing that even this thing that he's doing is a bit out of character for Arnold. He's not like, oh, he's not he's not like, oh, Dutch is up to one of his antics again. He's like, what is going on? The delivery is so good for that. But he he sets it down. And so the, those rear wheels are going. And so the truck just starts driving into this camp and everyone's like, Whoa, what's going on? What's going on? And uh, uh, yeah, that's when Blaine sees it. What the fuck? And uh the the claymore explodes all after it hits the building. All hell breaks loose. You get a line from uh, Dylan. He says, um, "What does he say? I have it written down." Uh, Showtime kid. That's right, Showtime kid. And every, again, everyone has their moment. There's a lot of grenades. There's gunfire. Dude, there are so many explosions. Oh, the, everything explodes. In this first like ten seconds of this action scene, there is like a dozen explosions. Yep. Tons of explosions. They're all sort These of gorillas never had a chance. No, no chance. The They're, amount of explosions that happen is astounding. And they all looks wonderful. <laughs> it looks amazing. Everyone has incredible moments. It's kind of like two phases. So the first phase is like, we'll call it like the outer rim, the outer perimeter where they're collapsing. Everything's blowing up. Everyone's got a moment. Old Painless is there. They're shooting. Everyone's shooting. Poncho's got a grenade launcher. Boom, 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 boom. And then they reach the kind for of a rescue team. These guys are just blasting away. Yeah, they're. I there should just hope that they are not unintentionally shooting the hostages. Exploding the hostages. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're not worried about that at all right now. Yeah, blowing up the hostage center. <laughs> um, so that's kind of like phase one of this whole sequence. And then phase two is they get and they get to the center area. And I will say it feels like once they get inside, this building suddenly feels a lot larger than it did when they were like yeah outside. Somehow. But whatever. The um the uh someone tries to get out of the helicopter. Yeah, they don't make it. Arnold hits him with the grenades out of the bottom of his gun there. The helicopter guys don't make it. Um, I'll also say there's no tactics in these action scenes. They're barely trying to use cover. They are up and out holding down the triggers. All of their guns are just firing all the time. Every once in a while, they'll duck behind a crate or they'll turn their side around the side of a building, but they're just blasting. Yep. We get to the center, the center section, and that's when we kind of start getting some more like the one liners and stuff. Uh, Arnold throws a grenade or not a grenade, uh, a knife at one guy. Stabs. Call him. it a knife, but it's a sword. <laughs> like basically it's a sword. So large. And uh, <laughs> pins this guy into the wall with his sword, and that's when we get the stick around. And uh, I like, I like that one's okay. I like knock knock more. He comes up and like, I don't love the, I don't love stick around. 
I don't love stick but around. It's but fine. It's I fine. like knock knock where he like kicks the door open, knock knock, and just like wastes these two other dudes. Yeah, it's a quick reminder of what we're doing here. Yep, exactly. Dylan says the hostages are inside. He's referencing a literal stick fort, like something that a child would build. And how it's not already collapsed or been blown up, I don't know. That's after ten thousand explosions, but <laughs> good uh, point. yeah. To your point, there's no tactics, and they're just wasting anyone that comes near them. And then all of a sudden, like. Dutch is looking out. He thinks they've won. And all of a sudden he gets like a tap on the shoulder and he just turns around. And instead of like murdering this person that got the jump on him, he conveniently knocks them out, which happens mm-hmm. to be Anna. She's a uh, female uh, part, female rebel from this group who he's knocked out and he's like, oh, shit. Great. All right. Yeah. Anyone else, their head would have been off. Absolutely. He would have instantly murdered them. <laughs> Instant. <laughs> Perfect. Like com- <clears throat> very convenient that... uh. You know, she she yeah. didn't get massacred by Dutch. But yeah, she's fine. And they've they've kind of uh, mostly finished up the slaughter as far as you can tell. And that's when Mac reveals that um, it wasn't a cabinet ministry, that it was actually a CIA person. And that's when the whole like the whole charade starts to like fall down. I mean, and, and Dylan barely conceals it anymore. Yeah. At this point, he's he's pretty much done with it. Also, um, it took Mac two seconds to figure this out. He was like, there's a CIA guy here and the other person is a Russian operative. So he's just like something big was going down here. So, uh, yeah. So Mac is he lays it out. They figure out in two seconds that CIA, Russians, whatever's going on, it's going to be pretty big. That's what Mac says. And he also uh, and then Dutch says to Mac, good work, Mac. Clear the area. No traces. No traces of what? <laughs> you blew this your, place. Your shit. nuclear assault on this base. No traces of the thousands of shell casings you're leaving around. <laughs> I think it means, yeah, you know, like <laughs> things that would directly identify us. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, it's, I love the fact that this scene, no this action scene characterized by thousands of explosions. <laughs> he says at the end of it, he says, no traces. Yep, <laughs> no, no traces. traces. What? <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. Absolutely. You're right. And then uh, the we find this action scene is actually not quite over. There's a little bit left. There's someone still still involved. And that's Poncho comes outside and he sees Blaine, who's staring up into the air. Son of a bitch is dug in like an Alabama tick. Very good. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> I almost just tried to do like a Poncho and do his line and like reenact <laughs> the scene with you. But that's not what we're here for. That's not uh, 10 years of Arnold. We have another line right after that. That's a great line. A, the next line All-timer. is our capital J, Jesse Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So <laughs> I guess we'll give him one for sure. Um, uh, and that's uh, Poncho says, oh, you're hit. You're bleeding. I ain't got time to bleed. So good. I like it. He's like, his reaction is, Poncho's reaction Poncho's is amazing. Poncho's reaction like, is amazing, too. Oh, okay. He's like, uh, okay. <laughs> and then he just aims his grenade launcher, fires four grenades up into the sky at this one dude, and he goes, you got time to duck? Because <laughs> all this, like, shrapnel and debris coming down. I love that he... <laughs> He calls out the absurdity of that line. He's like, ain't got time to be. He's like, okay. okay. Um, four grenades up. Got time to duck. Amazing. Jesse Ventura is like, he's chewing this up. All of this up. All of it up. And he's just spit like chewing it up and spitting it out just like that tobacco in his oh mouth. My God, he was a riot. He's, it's amazing. He was a riot during the... Um, the documentary man like the he one bit the like the one bit where they're doing like you can tell that the- like these other guys are like reasonable people like they're like talking about the movie they're talking about how they're enjoying the movie and jesse ventura is still on one because he's like <laughs> even during for- this interview he's like i was i was a former navy seal 
<laughs> I love the bit where he's talking about. I love the bit where he's like, they're talking about like the because there's a, there was like a whole competition. Like all the guys are like working out like in between cuts to try to like stay huge, but they're like they're constantly pushing each other in the gym or whatever. And he's like, "Wow, what I liked was when I went into wardrobe and I saw a glimpse of Arnold's costume and I got my arms measured. And when my arms taped up one inch bigger than Mr. Olympia, well, that made Jesse Ventura feel pretty good. (laughs) Amazing. Also, his arms were not bigger. There's no, no way. No, and then you find out that Arnold's like, "Whoa, sweet, my prank worked because I knew he was going to do something like that." So I told the wardrobe department to lie about my arm size so that when we actually measured, I was three inches bigger. <laughs> three inches bigger. <laughs> Amazing. There's levels to this behind the scenes stuff. That's that's so it's good. Just incredible. But um, we're back in the inside the hut there, and Dylan. There's all this like um, paper. Dutch and Dylan, man, this scene rules. This rules. Awesome. This is great because Dylan's like, hey, he's finding all this stuff, all this intel. He's chew- he's like, this is what I'm here for. He's this eating is great. it up. Yeah, he's like, man, we just found the jackpot, and Dutch is pissed, and he's like, you cooked up like you cooked up this story, and he's like, dude, we just stopped a Russian invasion, and he was like. Yeah, but a bunch of people got killed. You cooked up a fake story. And he's like, my job was to get someone who could come in here and do this. And that was you. Carl Weathers' performance is brutal. Very good. Skate, he's like, like just, you are an asset. I learned, you know, he's like, what happened to you, Dylan? I used, you used to be someone I could trust. And he's like, like, hey man, my eyes I opened. woke up. Yeah. I learned how the world works. Like you're an asset. You're an asset. I got you here to get my job done that I needed to get done. You are expendable. And he's like, my men are not expendable. Again, reinforcing this thing that like mm-hmm. he cares about his squad. And this is where like, man, we just did raw deal and you hated it. I had a fun time. I did not like, like his performance in raw deal is rough. Um, his acting, Arnold's acting in this, I think it's his best performance so far that we've done. It feels like, and maybe it just feels great because it's, it's comparative. It's why, it's why I don't love the stick around and knock, knock. They're fine. They're fine. I don't, don't dislike them, but I agree with you. And those pull me out of it a little bit, but his, this, this scene right here between the two of them is awesome. And come to think of it now, like, are those the only two one-liners? So I think that some of his, like, you got get to the chopper, um, which yeah, isn't a one-liner, not, but it is like a it's a delivery thing for him. Yeah, that's you also a line have that people the, um, remember, but it's not. You took know. him out with a heat seeker, and a th- what's different about those lines is that they're similar to what would be an Arnold one-liner, but they're actually just written and given in a bit of a different way that they. He kind of does the same thing to it, but it's it's not a joke and and it yeah. works better. I mean, that's a different like there can something can be funny or memorable. But for me, like when I say, quote unquote, one liner, I'm thinking like something that's kind of no, like I, I think these are the to be two. a joke. I think these are probably only two for Arnold. Maybe there's another one. But I'll yeah, see. I mean, I think like I said, I think this of the movies we've done, I think this is his best performance. And it just it's like, see what happens when you, you know, you could argue Terminator, but see what happens when you cast him in a role that's like fit for him and not to say he didn't want to try to challenge himself and go outside what he was comfortable doing but this was the moment where i was like oh like this performance by arnold is like it's solid. a good performance it's very a good, good scene and uh carl weathers scene is really good too right here he's just brutal uh and then uh they find out that they're in the shit yeah their asses are in the jackpot now man people are coming yep and they're gonna be there soon they don't have a lot of time um 
they need to move fast. And Dylan says he's going to bring the girl with them. Dutch, Dutch is like, wants nothing to do. He's like, this Leave is her. a really bad idea. This is the worst idea I've heard. This whole mission is a bad idea. And this is the worst idea out of all of these bad ideas. She is just going to, as soon as she gets a chance, she's going to give away our position. She's going to run away. She's going to slow us down. This is a terrible idea. And he's absolutely right. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. That's but exactly as they're about, as they're about to leave, we get one more great Bill Duke where he, uh, he, he's like, Dylan over here. When Dylan comes over to Mac, he points. So they turns around, pulls out his knife and pokes at his back. turns out he was killing a scorpion that was on, um, Dylan's back again, a very like twitchy unhinged kind of moment. Like, Hey man, you could just be like, Hey bro, you got a scorpion on your back. But yeah. What's that too? Why is it got to do it like this? But it's amazing. But like, and it's a capital B Bill Duke moment. But he's just it's like, amazing. he's a twitchy, um, hey, unstable Dylan. individual. The knife goes right on his shoulder. He whips around and points the gun. He just had this really heated encounter with Dutch. So, you know, he doesn't really know where yeah. they're at. They're in the jungle right now. If, yeah. yeah. You know, who knows? But he turns around and then he shows them that he just stabbed a scorpion off his mm-hmm. back. He's like, Thanks. Anytime. Anytime. Before they depart, Hawkins gives Billy another joke. Billy likes or likes the joke, gives out this big hearty laugh that becomes relevant later on. Another pussy joke. <laughs> yeah, buy another pussy joke. But he likes this one. He didn't like the first one, so he's a tough Hawkins crowd. Hawkins is great. Tough crowd, I guess, for Hawkins. <laughs> and um, when they leave, we get another predator vision. The predator comes down to where they were at. Surveying the, the carnage, surveying mm-hmm. the scene, looking at bodies. And he picks up the dead scorpion. And I interpreted this as like, the scorpion, was he like mad? No, he wasn't mad that they killed the scorpion or was he just like looking at it? Because the uh, reason I think that it. is the uh, it felt like the the thermal vision like changed all of a sudden, like his hand went from like green to red. And I was just like, oh, did the, the predator get mad that he, you know, they killed something like that. But I guess that I did mean- not. T- I didn't take that that take out. I just had it was a really cool visual to see the hand in the night vision with the scorpion shape in the hand is a good visual. And then I just think he was just checking out. Yeah, and I guess it doesn't make a it doesn't make a ton of sense that the predator would get mad that Singh is killing another thing. <laughs> like that's literally no, yeah. his whole thing. But they take off into the jungle. They're traversing. So for this action scene, Dustin, there's one other thing. One other thing that we have to revisit again. This will be the second appearance. We haven't visited it since Commando, but the that website, moviebodycounts.com. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So I went to moviebodycounts.com and threw Predator in there. Listen, man, there might have been more more bodies in this scene than I was anticipating, even from having was watched there? it. Because <laughs> there's like a thousand there's explosions. A thousand explosions. I would have said like 10 to 15 guys. That's what you would have said, 10 to 15? Yeah. Dude, yeah. Wow. I don't know. I Again, I haven't checked the math personally. Maybe I will after this because this is from Contributing Source. Wheels 128. So let's we'll see what Wheels 128 has to say. Here, here we go. Here we wheels. go. First, he caught. We'll do the breakdown up through the action scene. Chopper one. There's one corpse in the chopper, right? Yeah. There's three corpses. Oh, I was hanging. I was saying 10 to 15 just during the not the whole nope, movie. Nope, I'm talking nope, the. Nope. I hear you. I hear you. I got okay. you. Okay. I'm with you. Right. We got one in the chopper, right? Corpse in the chopper. I'm only going through the action scene. We know we'll, we'll the rest. It's fine. Well, we don't have to come back to this. Yeah. One of the chopper, three hanging in the jungle. Right. That's up to that point. Okay. Solitary action scene. 53. Wow. I guess there's a lot of guys Dude, in listen, those there's, No, there's a lot of dudes running onto the screen and brrr, 
getting shot and falling over dead. In fact, I thought that I saw at least tw- at least once. I thought I saw the same face and mustache man get shot and killed. <laughs> I'm sure you did. I think I did. I'm sure you I was, did. I'm sure you did. I, I really enjoyed that. The thought of someone having multiple moments getting killed in the same action scene. You definitely did. I guarantee it. Like I, they were totally reusing. They were definitely reusing. We got twelve guys sure. here, but we got to get fifty-three kills. <laughs> <laughs> fifty-three. Does that sound like a lot? That's a lot. Like I said, in that, in that, I would have said, yeah, ten. To I 15, agree. When I saw fifty-three, I was like, wow, that's more than I thought that it was. Especially with um, the ending of Commando was like sixty-three or something like that. Which was all yeah. him by himself doing all of that yeah. in that amazing scene. But this 53, I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Might intense. have to revisit and actually try to try to count myself next time. But 53. All right. Thank you, moviebodycounts.com for your second appearance on the podcast. Get <laughs> get back to counting bodies and putting up stuff. I don't think they've updated the website in a while. Someone needs to get that going again. Yeah, not us. Someone, Someone else. else. And also check their math because I don't know. I'm too busy editing. Wheels 128, where are you? All right, Wheels. Come on, Wheels. Get it done. Uh, Great, yeah. Get a, a just like a quick scene with uh, Blaine and Mac just talking about really? how like rough this bush is. They're just like, they're yeah, gassed. Yeah, and you're feeling it. You're feeling, you're feeling it, it. They're sweaty. They're grimy. And like, um, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Billy basically beforehand, he was like, look, our only way out is down this ravine and it's going to be terrible. Yeah, this is going to be rough. And so that's the way that they're going. It's going to be a rough go, but they're on their way and they got to go quick. Mm -hmm. Predator is watching him the whole time and he's just taking in data, just observing. Um, Here's here's actually where we get to the uh, the the question, Dustin. The question. All right. Uh, Yep. Here's the question. Um, So the matchup is not. Alien versus Predator. Thankfully. The matchup is Predator versus Terminator. Oh, interesting. Okay. Just so you know, this question has been asked already a thousand I'm times. Sure there is a DC comic book adaptation that's Alien versus Predator versus Terminator. And there's a, there's plenty of YouTube videos about Terminator versus Predator. But I had not considered it until this moment. Had you considered it? Not really. Uh, I'm sure when I was a teenager, you know, I was such a dork that... Let's uh, give our takes. Let's give our takes. Let's think about it for a second. We're talking T-800 Arnold Terminator? Or yeah. are we talking like... Yep. Okay. Um, I think... Just your gut. I still think Predator. Okay. I think the Predator could... Because the Predator's got all these weapons, you know, like Kyle Reese killed one with a pipe bomb, whereas like the Predator has like all this crazy shit. I think he could... I think he could... Question, where are they fighting? Um, yeah. Because if they're fighting in Skull Beach, where you know uh, the Terminators, <laughs> the Terminators live, are the, the Terminator Beach, probably Terminator, because he'll have his weapons too. But if they're fighting in nineteen eighty four, I like that the comparison being that both Predators and Terminators analyze their enemies. Yeah, uh, and so I think that leads to an interesting thing of how they would analyze each other and approach their uh, attack. Uh, I would say Predator will win once that's fair it's a very uh it feels like a very like nerdy sci-fi version of the john henry tale like man versus machine (laughs) if the terminator gets a chance to come back around yeah it's not gonna go well for the predator anyway that was the question question. we can we can move on (laughs) (laughs) they're traversing through the jungle and uh shocker anna falls down and 
Dylan's like, come on, get up. And she throws a bunch of leaves and dirt in his face and he gets all like jumbled and she starts to take off. But then fortunately, Poncho's there to be like, you need to chill right now. Yeah. He has a good line. He says, agent man, he calls uh, Dylan. It's like, you need to keep, run- you want to keep running a leash agent man? And I just like the disdain that they're throwing they his hate way. hate him. They they're, like- they're over it. There's nothing to pretend anymore. He's like, you can keep running on a leash agent man. Even This is even Poncho. This guy's not like, he's the most human and he's, still, and he's still like, I'm sick of this, this, this yeah. guy. Rightfully so though, because now it's exposed that like, Hey man, this mission was horseshit, and now we're we're in the thick of it because you fucking lied to us. Like, I I I understand the disdain for Dylan. Yes, and then we get uh, an amazing Billy scene, and this I am so here for these scenes, and it I it rules. It's so awesome, and this is like you said, showing not telling. It's awesome. Just character the stoic, building. Yeah, the stoic long looks where. He's just looking off in the distance. He goes out a little ways ahead of them and stops. And he's looking into the distance. Everyone sees him do that and they stop. And Arnold pulls, puts up his hand to tell everyone to stop. Dude, his arm. I have Arnold. I literally have a note that says Arnold's amazing biceps. His he does arm. The, that, is the, that is the biggest we've ever seen his arm. At I least, so. at least it, if, if we say that he lost weight in other parts portions of his body that it stands out in a way that it doesn't in other movies sure like maybe his arms were that big he just also had shoulders and chest and stuff that big but his arm is so big and this scene is literally it's just let arnold flex scene because i i don't know if he was pumping literally if there's a weight underneath this camera angle probably because he (laughs) is so jack like it is bigger than my head it's huge holds up his arm to tell them to stop, and they just hang out on that for a second. But also, that's not what's happening. What's happening is Billy is sensing something. Yes, and there is... So, at this moment, I actually have a note where... I, I don't I don't know if you... Because I don't think you have the same connection to it, but the this watching, I could not believe how much the score reminded me of Back to the Future because it was the same guy. And there's so much Back to the Future in this score. So, there's literally like this bit. There's like a piano section where and there's like um these kind of like dun 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 and it's mm. like I can literally see scenes from Back to the Future in nice. my like head at the same time. Um but I mean I love it. The score is phenomenal, but I was just like, wow, this is there is so much Back to the Future DNA in, in this score. But I yeah. uh, this is when I like I just did I not pick up it. on that, I'll I'll say. <laughs> I mean I've seen those movies five thousand times. So <laughs> so Billy is standing frozen in the open and looking at the trees, and he's clutching this little bag around his neck. We don't know why. We never know what that is or why, but it's there. It's a little pouch on a neck on a uh, leather necklace. Uh, and Dutch says, "What's got Billy all spooked?" And what it means is they know that if Billy is reacting this way, it's because something is seriously wrong. Yeah, they are in serious trouble. Bill Duke's also like he's been acting squirrely all morning. You would think, though, it seems like their relationship is like Billy would be like, hey, this is what's going on. We got to get ready. They're coming in from this angle. We're being followed this way or there's something going down that way. And he's not doing any of that. He's just he has nothing to say. He's just frozen. He's looking and Dutch approaches him. He has to like says he's like, Billy, Billy, he like he like comes up and he like startles him and Billy like kind of twitches over to look at him. Uh, and I just twitched in my own, in my headphones here, like, like Billy does. He's like, what's wrong? And, uh, Billy says, there's something in those trees. 
Billy fucking knows, man. Even with all the camouflage and stealth and alien technology, fucking Billy knows he's out there. He is cool. I love it. He's so cool in this moment. It's great. He's Yeah, he says there's something in the trees, and then Anna uses that moment to hit Poncho with a stick. Poncho she, didn't deserve it. No. She hit Dylan next hit time. Hit Dylan next time. Come on, Anna. Get it together. She hits uh, Poncho, makes a run for it. Hawkins manages to catch her, so she takes off. She she goes a little bit away from the whole group, but ha- uh, Hawkins manages to, to catch her, and he's like, will you just like chill out, chill out? And Anna sees the predator, and we get our first predator kill, and he just takes out Hawkins, and she just gets plastered with Hawkins' blood, like on her face, dude. Just blood, like explosion of blood. Just so you see blood the, mist. this camo. I don't know if we've talked about the camouflage yet, but it's just like a silhouette of a body humanoid form mm-hmm. and it's just kind of blobby in the, with uh, the background, whatever's behind it, the trees and the jungle behind it. Yeah. It's like a translucent. Kind of, you kind of yeah. can see through it, but it exactly. does create some distortion. He's not entirely invisible, but yeah, camouflage. And he just comes running. She sees him come running towards them. And then, yeah, there's just like a slicing sound. Blood explodes all over her and Hawkins is gone. Poncho finds up, c- he catches, catches up back to her. up, and she's like catatonic, right? Like right frozen, frozen. but she's frozen just in like, shock. "What the fuck?" And so he's like, "Where is he? Where is he? Where is he?" And like he sees some blood. Obviously, she's covered in it. He he follows the trail, follows the trail, and just finds like another just massacred, like a viscera pile, disgusting. And, and he is Dutch, revolted. He's revolted again. Mo- very human. Like he looks like he's gonna barf. Like yeah, he's like, like you would react. He's disgusted, and he's feeling the personal feeling of potentially having lost a friend. But Dutch comes to um, Anna and uh, he's Poncho is off in the distance and he's I think he calls out to him and Dutch says, did you find Hawkins? And Poncho has a his line is just, I can't tell. And there's like a creaky timidness to his voice. It's just like, oh, and again, like these special effects are crazy. The what they did with how they made this gross pile of human guts, but it just looks disgusting. It's yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. I think that they this spooky storytelling is done well. This is horror, good horror stuff here. Yeah. Good horror stuff. Again, another good Arnold moment. He just had like the fear in Arnold's face at this point when he says like, I can't tell. Yeah, there's a, he, he reacts. There's a bewilderment in his face. And so he goes over, looks at the pile and he's like, what in God's name? Like, and he's like, go talk to her. Poncho speaks Find Spanish. Out what happened. Like, go, go talk to her and like figure it out. And she's like, hey man, like the jungle just came alive. And they're jungle like. Jungle came alive and took him. Dylan's like, that's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) He's like so incredulous this whole time. Yeah. And he's like, there's just two or two to five guys out there. She doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. Blah, 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 blah. But Dutch is like. And you're also. Yeah. I mean, he kind of lays it on thick for a good bit here. His kind of disbelief at the situation that's unfolding around them. But uh, yeah, she they can't get anything else out of her. Also, she's not going anywhere anymore. Nope. At this point, she's smart enough to be like, if I stand a chance, it's probably with these guys. With these guys, there's I do not want to be in the jungle alone, uh, which they don't really know that yet about her, but they will come to find it. But mm-hmm. either way, she's not going anywhere. And now the movie has changed. So they start to take off a little bit. And as they're kind of walking away from this area, there's just this fucking amazing tracking shot that just and again, this is where I'm thinking like building these rigs that they had to build to like film this movie 
there's this very long, just perfectly vertical shot that goes up this huge tree for a solid like 10, 15 seconds. And then you see Hawkins's body hung from a tree. Um, right. From they're his, looking from for him. That's yeah. what Dutch says he wants to do. He says, we got to find his body. So they fan out and they're looking for him. They don't find him. And then they, they show you that amazing shot all the way up the blood. It's like follows the blood trail up, mm-hmm. up to his hanging corpse, which you can see the guts are cut out of. But, yep. um, so we just saw Hawkins's body. They're going through the, at this point, they're trying to recover Hawkins's body. They don't know where it is. Blaine's out on his own. He hears some noise and that's when old painless comes back and he's like, Come on in, you fuckers. And man, you are killing it this episode, Dustin. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he hears a noise. It turns out to be a porcupine. And this poor porcupine man gets it. This porcupine gets turned into <laughs> red mist. My partner was very upset that the poor porcupine got it's a shame. it. And Jesse Ventura gets covered in porcupine blood mist. He turns around because he's kind of like phased and just. His Showing you chest. how on edge these guys are, by the yeah, way. Totally, yeah. I mean, he's like, here's a porcupine noise. He thinks it's the thing that's stalking them, but his whole chest just blown away. The whole chest is gone, and it's an ample chest. Yes, Jesse, the body. Um, had a, he was he was looking pretty. A body, I would say no not more. Capital Arnold, huge. No, but he was uh, he was pretty big in the eighties. The body is no longer part of Jesse the body anymore the body is gone the whole chest is gone it explodes out of him uh it's it's he gets sniped and it's it's a cool sound it's a cool view like there's like a very quick lightning strike looking thing that goes towards him and his whole chest just explodes out of him and this is another great bill duke scene mac is the first one on the scene he cannot handle this. He was, no. We already talked about how twitchy well, he is. And I, he I cannot think that this. this scene is believable in general. Like the whole, it's not just him. It's, he definitely shows how he does not handle this well going forward. But this one moment he shows up here, he comes looking and he sees the camouflaged predator standing over Blaine's body and we get a great scream out of from his chest from his soul sergeant and he unloads his weapon this is the most ludicrous display of bullet fire that we get here I've there's never been more bullets fired on screen in a single moment ever no it is ridiculous (laughs) unbelievable Everyone reacts in the same way that he does. He's just firing. He's not firing at anything. He saw the the direction that it was in, but he it's camouflaged. He doesn't know exactly where it is, and he's firing at it. His gun runs out of ammo, drops it, picks up all painless, and just... That trigger is just attached to the side of the handle at this point. It's just... This is ridiculous, but I, I appreciate the, camarader- uh, the trust and the camaraderie amongst this group. They all sh- show up. They don't ask any questions. Instantly all start firing right behind him in the same direction. They're just all like (laughs) not look, not knowing what they're shooting at. Fingers pulled all the way back. Triggers pulled bullets flying. Everyone, everyone firing. This is the most egregious display. (laughs) It's absurd. How could they possibly still have bullets after this? How? No. And not even like, it's not even like they just came up and they decided to just unload their clips. They literally reload. 
they Poncho reload in the middle. Poncho and Dutch are just, and I'm like, what a waste. Because like, you better hope you kill this thing. Because if you don't end up killing it, now you've just you've lost all you've your ammo, wasted all of your ammo, and you're now you're fucked. Because you listen, wherever like, this is in the jungle, it is still torn down from all of this gunfire. <laughs> there is still never, a steaming crater of these bullets. <laughs> it never recovered when they filmed it. Never recovered for sure. Even after the minigun is out of ammo mac is holding the trigger it's rotating spinning very effective you can feel his emotion from it because he's hurt he's sad he's angry he's holding the trigger there's no more bullets left to fire if there were bullets left to fire he'd be firing them until they were all gone now they're gone he's still holding it and you can hear the of the gun finally he lets go and Dutch is like, what? Well, right here, there's a great there's a great use of silence. Agreed. Because for like 90 seconds, we just listen to this barrage of bullets. And to your point, like you feel you feel max pain. And then there's just this like very heavy silence. Dutch is like, what's it? He's like, I saw it. He's like, I, he's like, saw what? Dutch is, Dutch is literally like, what did you see? Did you just ha- like we could have been firing at literally anything? I have no, I, I have no idea. I just what trust we were that- firing with, but I knew that you were firing, and so I had your back. And here I was, and so he just he says, "What? What was it? What were we doing?" He's like, "Those eyes, those eyes, man, they just took off." And he's like extra twitchy at this point. And for for the rest of the movie, I think Definitely. this is another capital capital B. Listen, man, this guy's got moments. In this yeah. movie. And he's not, he is still not done. He's, this is his third moment, right? Yeah. The first one with him sliding down the hill, Dylan sliding down the hill. The second one with the scorpion, this yeah. one right here, like this, he's got, and that's why this movie is like we had talked about. Commando is about Arnold. It's about giving him reign to have incredible action set pieces. This movie has characters and it gives all of the characters enough time to breathe, be who they are, and have moments to be awesome. And there's a certain, you have to give, I guess, and I think you have to give a certain degree of credit to Arnold himself. Did you hear the this story about like, the this was a spec script. It was just these two brothers who were like, we wrote this, we slit, we're trying to sell it around town. It gets bought. And they're like, all right, cool. You can send this off to Arnold. That'd be cool. We'll get Arnold to do this. He's commando kicked ass. We'll, we'll do this. And Arnold was like, hey, this script's pretty good, but like, I what I don't like is that it's just me versus the alien. He was like, I think this would be better. Is like, I want, I've been wanting to do like a team movie. So I need some like real kick ass, masculine, awesome dudes to, to like round this out with. I agree that, that I did read that. Yeah. And he, so he's the one, who, again, Arnold with the intuition on how the movies get made every step of the way, he's like that. He says, this movie's going to be bad if we make it this way. And it turns out bad. He says, I'm supposed to be the Terminator. And he's right. He's definitely supposed to be the yes. Terminator. Yes. Uh, and then in this movie, he's like, it shouldn't be me and the alien only. We need a whole crew. And that is the strength of this mm-hmm. movie. The fact that you have a whole crew of guys that you're rooting for or that are interesting and that have moments. The other thing that I, I, that I think of is that there is a bit of a lack of capital A Arnold moments in this movie because he's giving room for the other people to also have moments like Bill Duke has moments. Uh, Blaine has moments. Uh, Jesse Ventura has moments, not just with his line delivery, but his action scene too, like him firing the gun in the action scene. 
And then Carl yes. Weathers has moments like the, his moment is still to come, but it's it's there. All of them have these. Poncho has it. Uh, and yeah, these so, dudes are so he, like, he is willing to even just say, I don't need to be the guy who has the most ridiculous and over the top scenes. And I will allow this like not that he made these. I'm just saying if in a movie where Arnold has less capital A Arnold moments, other people have great moments to shine and it works. Yep. Exactly. And this is uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it having the humility to be like, hey, let's just make the best product. It doesn't need to be all about me. I mean, obviously, like I'm sure he's a he's a well-documented, very competitive guy and expects excellence and always wants to be on the top. But at the same time, like he does have a, a balance and a, a, at least a shred of modesty in that regard. And, you know, an opinion that like has been discussed with this movie and I was like trying to figure out how to weave it in. So I'll weave it in now. But like another reason why this works is yes, these guys feel like teammates of his. They don't just feel like cannon fodder. They're not just like there to just make Arnold look good or whatever. Like there's an actual like team there, but this takes like, this is the height of the eighties, the whole one man army over the top bombastic action movie thing. And you get like six of these dudes who are all those big tough guys and they're just getting picked off one by one. And like, these guys do not stand much of a chance against this thing. And it like that kind of subverts the expectation of like what these movies were in the eighties. And that's why this is like an interesting movie to watch. This scene is amazing. And it's also a callback to the same thing that apparently had happened to Jim Hopper and his crew that they fired serious ammo at apparently nothing and there were mm. no tracks. So that's what Billy had seen at that first scene. These guys were firing off. They'd walked into an ambush. Well, there wasn't an ambush because there's nothing here. There's no tracks here. So this is their moment of them firing all directions. There's nothing here. There's no tracks. And Poncho says, we hit nothing, but they will, it will, as it will turn out, he was wrong. They did hit something in this moment. We'll, we'll, yeah. they show the blood. They show us the predator's blood, but no one else can see it. None of them can see it except for, um, Anna. Now they examine Blaine's body. So it's Dylan and Dutch and Arnold, like they're looking at Blaine's body and they're like, he's got no powder burns. He's got no shrapnel. The wounds are already cauterized. There's no weapon on earth that would cause this. Like, what the fuck? They're literally like, what could do this? And still, after that, Dylan's still like, it's just some guys out there. Like, he's still like not believing that we're in deep shit right here. Something abnormal is going on. Totally. Which I think, I mean, Dutch knows that it's not, it's not normal. The rest Dutch of them all know. Dutch Billy definitely, definitely knows. knows. Billy knows without a doubt. And then Matt comes up and he's like, yo, we hit nothing. I unloaded 200 rounds. Yeah. There's nothing on nothing this on earth, earth that could survive would have, this. Would have survived this. We hit nothing. And again, just like a great look of horror on Dutch's face. He's just like, we're so fucked. And but he's like, I got to keep it together. Poncho asks the girl again. Yeah, she's she, like, he's getting pissed. He's getting pissed. Um, and I appreciate my seven years of Spanish study, which is regrettably very rusty. But I did pick up on this scene. She was actually she's a, a very articulate, easy easy to understand for a rube like me, I should say. Um, but like her intensity in her delivery is great because they don't add subtitles, but like. He tells her, he's like, lady, what the hell happened here? And she's like, what the fuck do you want me to say? Like, she's mm. like, I literally told you this already. What more do you want me to say? Um, she's like, I've already told you like what I saw. The jungle came alive. I saw some eyes. I got nothing else for you. And he has a good line where he's just like, he looks at Dutch. He's like, she says the same fucking thing. Just super pissed. The jungle came alive and took him. That's all she says. What do I do? And so Dutch is like, all right, we got to make a stand. So he's like, well, Mac. Oh, yeah. you go. Yeah. He's like, Mac, I need a defensive perimeter around this ridge. We got like we might have we might have 
mix this up a little bit. I think Did that we? they might have set up the perimeter before uh, this interaction. But yeah, yeah. So Max, he has Max set up the perimeter. Yep. And then they kind of debrief once they're like kind of safely inside this perimeter a little bit. And this perimeter is all like military shit, right? It's trip yeah, it's wires all- and bombs and... Before he, oh, just because it's important, before like they kind of walk away to start arming it, Dutch is like, hey, let's pack up Blaine's body and we'll we'll carry him in like yeah. his poncho. And Mac is like, I'm going to carry him. Yep. He's like, very like, I'm going to carry him. Yep. So they get back to this. Um, they have this little campsite that they're going to use for the night, right? And they're, this is where they kind of have some of the dialogue about what's going on. And Poncho's pissed. He's freaking out. He's like... She's not telling us any, there's, we're not getting any actual information about what's going on here. And then he looks over to Billy and says, Billy, you know something. Billy, again, is just staring off into the distance. Billy, you know something. What is going on? This moment rules, man. It's so good. It's awesome. Yes, it's incredible. It's awesome. And Billy just says, looks back at him and he says, Billy, you know something. What is it? I'm scared, Pancho. Bullshit. You ain't afraid of no man. There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. We're all gonna die. Intense. Dude, that's intense. They built the character in this way so that this moment is intense. Mm-hmm. They let you know that this guy knows. He knows what's going on. He's got a sixth sense about him. He's got something. He can always find the tracks. If there's no tracks, there's no tracks. He knows what kind of boots these guys are wearing. He knows that the thing is out there in the trees, even though it can't be seen, even though it's wearing camouflage that's out of sight of human technology. He knows this stuff. And he just says, We're all, he doesn't say, he, he doesn't say we're in deep shit. He doesn't say mm-hmm. this is going to be tough. He just said he looks at his buddy. I'm scared, Poncho. And he just says, we are all going to die. We're all going to die. Amazing. Great line. And then after that, like we do get a clip, a, a shot of Mac. He's like with Blaine in his body. He's taking a earlier in the movie. We I think we skipped over this, but they shared a drink together from a flask. From a flask. It was kind of like, hey, a taste of him. So now he's drinking from Blaine's flask again. And he's just like. Goodbye, bro. And puts the flask on him, covers him back up, and like gets to work. Yep. And he's in, you feel his emotion, man. Yeah, you feel it's great. And then like they're at, like they've set up the traps, and Dutch has a line where he's like, "He was a good soldier, Mac." And he goes, "He was my friend." Yeah, I, I when he said that, I was kind of hoping I wasn't. I didn't remember exactly what he was going to say, and I was kind of hoping that he was like, "He's a good soldier, Mac." And Mac might be like. He was an asshole or something like that. <laughs> like to tease him would have been yeah, funny. And that's like yeah. kind of what I thought. But he's like, he was my friend. And I was like, this is, that's the emotion they're getting across yeah. here with all of this. But that's like, what if he was just like, he was an asshole. Yeah. But man, like I got to shout out Bill Duke's at, like he has such an expressive face and those like Bill Duke highs that you can like, dude, it, you can yeah. get lost in the Bill Duke eyes, man. And like his you, emotive face, his, he's really struggling. His like, face he, moment. He gives us two more big moments just with his face delivery. Yep. One of them's coming up soon. And then the other one yeah. is, you know, his swan song, but we'll just get there. It's one of my visually, one of my favorite scenes too. Agreed, like hundred percent at night. Looking the, up at the, the way moon, the lighting his looks face incredible. is covered in sweat. Yes, he's just 
absolutely drenched. And it's like just the ultimate insult. They're being stalked. They're being murdered. They're in like the worst place imaginable. It's still sweaty at night. It's still a thousand degrees at night. He's gone off the deep end a little bit at this point. He's talking to to Blaine. Yeah, he's basically like praying to Blaine. He's like, uh, to Blaine, he's like, you know, like, he goes, remember that thing, blah, blah, blah. We get some backstory. He's like, yeah, we did that thing together and there was 38 guys that died, but you and me, we lived and we we survived. But then he's like, whatever they, whoever got you is going to come back. And when they come back, I'm going to cut your name into their chest. I'm going to cut them into you. Yeah. His visual, like his facial acting is just incredible. His his face is shaking. His eye, you can see like the tears in his eyes. He's covered in sweat. The lighting is great on his face too. It's definitely like a moonlit night kind of look to it. Looks awesome. And then there's another uh, bit of an action scene. There's an explosion from one of his traps. It gets there's set an explosion, off. So they're like, oh man, the predator is here. Something jumps on, uh, on Mac, Bill Duke. And he starts fighting it and wrestling. He pulls out a knife and he's stabbing it. And he's stabbing the shit it. out of this thing. The Patriot stabbing kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and he's uh, he's stabbing this thing. There's blood spurting everywhere. I got, like, you. I got you, motherfucker. I got you. <laughs> and he's just. It's just a. You got a pig. And Blaine, then they, or, or a pig. Mac. The rest of the. Yeah. The rest of the group shows up and he, you know, I don't know. How do you feel about this? So I, I like it because of what. Well, it's. The thought is, right, so they they tease him a little bit. They're like, oh, you got a pig. And he's like, ah, fuck you, fuck you. And then they go back to the camp, and the body of Blaine has been stolen. That's the yeah. thing. And the if the thought is the predator used a wild boar to trip the traps so that okay. he could sneak in and get Blaine's body because he he's a trophy hunter. The predator okay. is a trophy hunter. He goes in to get the body. He set the trap off with this wild boar so that he could get the body. This is cool as hell, actually. Okay. I didn't think of it like that. I uh, The trophy part, obviously, that's why he, he came back and got the, the body. I hadn't considered that like maybe he used the boar. I thought he just saw I, his opening. It was literally my last time kind of going over it that it hit me that. Okay. Because uh, Billy comes back and he's like, you got to see something major or whatever. And something about it was just like there was more to this than just the boar tripping the thing. Yeah. It was planned. Okay. Yeah. All and right. that show, that actually builds intrigue in the predator being more capable and thoughtful and more tools to his disposal than just what he brings with him. He uses the environment, he uses nature, he uses whatever. So mm-hmm. that's pretty that's pretty crazy. And then Dutch is starting to figure it out. He's like what could have snuck through all our other trip wires and they're also but like why did he kill any of us? And that's when he's like, he's killing us one at a time. Yeah. And he's, he's hunting like, us. He, he wanted a hunter. A, he's like a hunter. Billy says like, like a hunter. Yep. And Dutch is like, all right, enough's enough. Enough's and he enough. goes and talks to Anna and he's like, what's the deal here? We're in a bad spot. Tell me for real. Yeah. What is going, I need to know what's going on. We all need to know what's going on. Uh, and this is when we find out that she can speak English and that her name is Anna. You know, like what's up? And she says, Hey, it, it came alive. It, it blends in like a chameleon. Dylan's just like, you saying that Blaine and Hawkins were killed by a fucking lizard? <laughs> and Arnold's just like, all right. He cuts her loose. Dylan's all pissed off about it. He's like, what are you doing? And he was like, yo, we need everyone. We right need now. everyone. <laughs> Dude, yeah. look around. We are outmatched, outclassed. 
I need everyone I can get. Dylan laying it on thick again, just the like obnoxiousness. Pure de- like denying like something is up. Like he's like, there's still just two or two three or two guys, guys out, out there. there. And it's like, bro, like the evidence is stacking up. I need you to like shut up, Dylan. Yeah, uh, and eventually yeah. He calls him out very soon, but he's just like. He definitely does. Th- this is this is uh, the moments where um, Dylan's laying it on thick and you're just like, man, but you know what? He comes around. He, he redeems himself. He does. But, and it does point out, however, like one last very important thing for another fantastic line from this movie. She goes, you must have wounded it because back there I saw its blood. Well, if it bleeds, we can, we can kill, kill it. it. Great. Yep. Again, I think maybe we should have known that beforehand, but she well, doesn't she trust still, these guys. So, like, yeah. Totally, yeah. Totally. It wasn't until like Dutch showed her a little bit of like compassion and treated her like a human a little bit they needed to all be on the same page but yeah, yeah she's they like, needed this, to connect emotionally a little bit hit before. It before and that's good to know that all the when they fired one billion rounds of ammo into the jungle that at least one of them did something <laughs> uh, yeah you wanted um, it a little we then then uh we get another scene of them setting up defenses these are different we do defenses. and you mentioning i think we missed uh-oh, we might have missed yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I, I only just, the blood made me think of it. We did, we missed the fact that we got our first like real glimpse of the predator because, oh. because when he's wounded, he goes up into a tree and he's like stitching himself up with like his technology and we see the hands and we see he's got like a utility thing like on his leg. like the whole spread of gear yeah. that he uses to yeah, doctor himself he, up. He yells out in pain and Billy and Anna hear it. No one else seemed to have, but that was a couple scenes ago, but it's just, uh, that was kind of our first glimpse of the predator and just the wounding scene made me think of it. But yeah, another kind of like gearing up scene, but this time they're like, they're kind of, they're, they're not using their military stuff. Yeah. They're just like rigging up all kinds of like, um, more gorilla traps and stuff they're using. They're making like a, like a trip wire that one of those like catch nets and stuff like that. And they're hiding it, you know, a lot Return of like hunting of the Jedi style. Yeah, Ewok style. There you mm-hmm. go. Exactly. Carl Weathers says to um, Dutch, Dylan says to Dutch, he says, you think this Boy Scout shit's really going to work? Something like that. You think this Boy Scout stuff's really going to work? Uh, and Dutch is like, how about you help instead of complaining? Yeah. Why don't you shut the fuck up? <laughs> shut and, up. Act- <laughs> and actually help because like I'm trying to keep everyone alive. And you're being an asshole right now, and yeah. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> and thank God that he says it because it gets uh, yeah. Dylan to take off his shirt, and we get to see Carl Weathers hoisting some weights into the air, and yeah. he looks incredible. He does. It looks great, and he's finally like, "All right, I guess I should take my shirt off and help out." <laughs> and then it's all four of them, like the four that I are still alive. To, I, this is where I want to bring up some of the stuff we we touched on a little bit, um, but these guys were all like genuinely competing with each other and teasing each other throughout the production of this movie on their physicality. They yes. would, the stories go, the rumors go that like, and that's the kind of age of this movie, right? We have like rumors and stories about it. Do we all know what happened? No one really knows what happened on the set of predator, but they would, I got to emphasize again, that documentary <laughs> is phenomenal. It's so if, good. If you like this movie, go watch the documentary. It's 25 minutes long. It's on YouTube. It's great. They would get up early in the morning and increasingly earlier in the morning so that they could work out and not be seen by the other actors working out so that they would show up to the set shredded and jacked and but no one would see them working out so that they just appeared that they were naturally more fit than the other guys including that pump that pump including carl weathers would be like i would be like i would walk in on the other guys working out i'd be like oh yeah 
you guys are working out, huh? Working hard, I see. And then they would finish their workout, and he would be like, okay, no one's working out now. Now I'm going to go. Now work. I got to go back. He and would work go out. in and pump <laughs> after everyone had left so that he could show up to the scene all jacked. And that's the kind of things that they would do to the point where they were waking up at 4 a.m. to go to the gym together to work out and stuff like that. That's what Jesse Ventura was doing. That's what Ar- I mean, Arnold always at any point in any of his movies or any of his things, Arnold is always going to be the one who pushes to the max. That's just how it's always been in any of his anything that I've read about him in any of his movies. He's always even like in the always the one who's like, oh, I'm going to wake up an hour earlier. Oh, you're waking up at that time. I'm waking up an hour earlier than to work out more than and that's that competitiveness that you talked about before. And that's this movie with this cast of people encapsulates that to the max where they were competing to get into workout earlier and earlier and earlier just so that they could beat the other guys. There was even in the documentary, they, there was like the kind of like nerdy. I don't want to say nerdy, but like very regular looking producer guy. And Arnold was like, hey, come work out for us. And they basically like killed this guy. because They made him- <laughs> They totally brought him along with them. They made him work out for two hours. He's like, I was in so much pain. I couldn't even lift my arms. <laughs> they would talk about how they would work out in the morning, go do the shoot for the day, and then they would come out and Arnold would like be going, would go for a run or something like that. It would just uh, amazing. What a what a story and what a Fantastic. what a film to come out of all of it. Seriously, yeah. like thank God, it's a treasure. It's it's wonderful. Um, yeah, though they're making these traps and. Um, They've made the traps and now they're like, they're about, they're like, cause Dylan, oh, they're we, like, Dylan's like, what are you doing, dude? Like the chopper's 10 miles that way. We should, before all they Let's started making there. the traps. It's, we're so close. And Arnold's like, yo, we need to like, we're not going to make out, it. Or there ain't going to be no one to get on that chopper because we're getting picked off real easy here. So they've made the traps. They're about to make their last stand. Bill Duke shaving again <laughs> for some reason. This is his just, career moment, isn't it? Isn't this like his, the thing, if there's one thing that Bill Duke is most remembered for in his entire film career. It has to be this scene. Mm, Come on. He is, he's a pretty... He's a prolific uh, actor. You're right. You're right. You're right. Actor, I'm, but also like he's directed some good stuff. Oh, too. no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about scenes. Just that like he's his in. acting. I'm talking uh, about scenes that he is in. Oh, scenes. Uh, scenes. Yeah, I would give you scenes um, for performance it's probably still up there yeah you might be right i don't know this yeah. one scene this one moment like i'm just saying i'm just that's all that's all i'm saying S- scene yes um but he's shaving all of a sudden you see him like push the razor into his face because i think he he realizes that like that's going down coming. and so he's like bleeding he and the razor it. snaps he starts bleeding over the razor the razor snaps guess what cutting your face shaving sucks big time sucks big time that's all i'm saying um but it snaps and then shave? he like yeah exactly and then he like looks over at <laughs> dylan and dylan is like they i love that they don't say anything dylan's like watching him shave because it is weird that he's shaving all the time dylan's yeah. watching him shave and then it just kind of he does give him there. this like really hilarious like what the fuck kind of D- like look <laughs> and he, it snaps and and bill duke just kind of like looks at the thing that snaps and drops it and then he looks over makes eye contact with Car- carl weathers and they're just like Okay. Anyway, after all this, like he literally like realized like, okay, I was kind of being an asshole to Dutch. I'm going to help make these traps. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, we've been sitting here for 10 minutes and the guy hasn't shown up. So like, come on, bro. It might take a little bit longer. But he goes, what are you going to try next? Cheese? I'm taking it more like maybe they've been sitting there for hours. 
I think you're right. I'm just trying to dunk on Dylan a little bit. I, it does like, happen quick. I agree. But I'm, I'm thinking like, that they've been there for like a day, maybe. Like they've been there for a long time waiting for this. I think a few hours. I don't know. about Yeah. Longer than 10 minutes. At this point, Dutch is like, he hears something, but he goes out because I think he realizes like, I need to draw this thing out. I need out. to draw this thing out. I so am he, the bait. So he goes out again, being a good leader. He goes out. The predator tries to get him from behind, but one of the traps scoops him up. And the predator makes, is it me? I feel like I'm not. It makes some very like unusual noises. The predator goes berserk in but this it's, thing. It's like not even like predator noises. It's mm-hmm. making like other noises. Like it almost sounds making like noises a, that I've certainly never heard on this planet. So if that's what you're going for, then you got it. I was <laughs> other more world like thing noises. It either reminded me of like Donnie from the wild thornberries or like Jawas. It was like, doo, dee, dee, doo. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember beeps. You sounded more like R2 D2 than the Jawas okay. from right there. I don't know. Hey man, I worked on my Ventura impression. I your didn't Ventura work on was my, great. I didn't work on my Jawa. Your Jawa, <laughs> your Jawa predator. Maybe you could work on that a little bit. Jawa, all right. I'll be, my Jawa <laughs> needs some work this week. No, I don't know what this, this thing was going. Cr- he was pissed yeah. that and he was pissed. in a net. Yeah. He, was he starts like, like shooting, shooting out of it. everywhere. He's like, slicing in this net and scream. He's definitely making strange sounds for sure. He's pissed and he gets out and he starts like doing these like crazy parkour moves like throughout the trees. The camouflage dies like ducks for a little bit and Dutch fi- or not Dutch. Um, Dylan, Dylan finally sees the it's alien. important to mention is Dylan instead of Dutch. Yes. Dylan it is important to mention because that's Dylan's arc. He's been such a denier this whole time. This makes the change on Dylan 180 he is all the way around after he sees this thing because he realizes like one i've been a dick this whole time saying oh it's just a couple guys two we're in this because i made up this fabricated story and like there's multiple layers to this for sure three this thing is not from the earth and we are all fucked we are all super fucked. super fucked He, he like as soon as he sees this it's hanging from the tree it looks so cool man like Hanging from the tree, one arm on the tree, the other arm dangling down, and it's got the dreads, it's got the mask, it's got the body, it looks awesome. And then it goes back to camouflage and jumps away. And he sees it there and he's like, Oh, that's why. And then Mac is like, Oh, hell no. And Mac goes after this thing because he just Mac Mac's goes red. Mac is gone. Mac's seeing red at this point. He's like, he's off the Mac deep is end. gone physically and mentally. He is gone after this thing. And that's yep. and Dutch doesn't even question it. You know, Dutch has been all up to this point of the movie. He's been about his team. He's been about his guys. He's been about saving his guys. Not at one point from here on does he go, we got to go get Mac. We got to go after Mac. No, Mac is gone and he knows it and they all know it. Dylan commits. Dylan commits right away. He's like, I'm going to go get Mac because Dutch says that, but he's like, no, I'm going to be the one to go get Mac. He's like, you get your men to the chopper. Take your men and get out of here. I'm going after this thing. Uh, that's not your style, Dylan. What's the response he to goes, that? He, yeah, it's great. It's amazing. It's so good. It all happens very quick. But um, uh, Dylan is like, I'm going, I'm going. And Dutch goes, that's not your style, Dylan. And he just real quick responds right away. Well, yeah, well, maybe I picked up some bad habits from you while I was out here. So good. Carl Weathers has a swagger to him, man. He's oh great. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Are he you kidding is me? the man. He's the man. And he this movie rules for him. And it's it's a great moment for him. And it's not he's not done yet. He's got moments to come. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, well, maybe I picked up some bad habits from you. I mean, he's got the great comeback like energy. Big time. But just more deter- uh, breaks my heart. The deterioration of the mental state of Mac 
slash Bill Duke. He's running. He's exhausted. He starts taking off his like vest because he wants to be able to like run faster and, and stuff. He but he's is... singing the song from the beginning. It's the Little Richard um, song from the they were playing in the helicopter, and he's like singing it, but it's like panting it because he's all exhausted, super disoriented, and just like whatever. As as Dylan is is moving away, uh, and and uh, Dutch calls him out. Dutch tosses him another gun. Oh yeah, so now he's dual. So wielding. he's got dual wielding um, submachine guns here. And then he, and I mean, come on, he's got a vest, open chest, abs, arms, two guns, looks incredible. Looks great. And he sets off after Mac. Amazing. When he catches up, he like, I was wondering, this is where they create some like fun, interesting confusion because I think it's a little bit of misdirection on their behalf because this is when it like starts to allude that the, the predator can play like sound clips that he's like picked up. Right. Which we didn't really know if... We didn't really know that that was what was happening before, but it actually had been. Yeah, but now it's like clear that he was like he he's playing some sound clips, but then it's like well maybe not because he he does the like Dylan over here, but like from the scorpion scene. But Dylan walks over, so you think he's about to get like get got, but then oh by the way, I just heard you say over here from the scorpion scene, which is like a Ooh, Mortal Kombat yeah. reference. Well, Mortal Kombat Interesting. Reference. Nice. Get over nice. here. Did you see that new Mortal Kombat? Yeah, it's awesome. You thought it was awesome? <laughs> that one was, uh, I mean, I had a fun time with it. Uh, it was I, I had pretty a fun, corny. When I say awesome, I mean, it was fine, but it was awesome. As awesome as, awesome as that movie could probably, <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah, but uh, so Bill Duke grabs him underneath um, this he's like underneath this kind of like ditch thing, yeah. And again, and like you said, Bill Duke's face acting moment, second to none. Here, this is masterclass, amazing. And yeah, he just looks awesome in this moment. He's full deep end, and he's just like over there in the trees. I see you, dude. You're watching this movie, and you can't you can't even breathe because you don't you want to be quiet. You're like holding your breath yeah. to listen to him deliver these lines dylan's like hey man we can get this thing you sneak around he makes a plan formulate the plan i'll flush it out the back or whatever he says and they're like okay max starts crawling on his hand on his belly he's doing an army crawl the three dot laser sight for the first time that's this late in the movie that we see something that's turns out to be iconic and then he sees it on his arm and he looks up and then the dots go to his head and his head explodes his, like a grape. His whole brain Pop. on the camera. <sighs> Bill Duke, man. R.I.P. Good way to go out. I'm just saying he he was awesome. I know, like, come on, this scene of him under the when he pulls um, Carl Weathers he doesn't underneath. Have the be- he doesn't him. have the best death. The best death is cu- the best death oh, is coming up. The best death is coming up. Uh, but this, I mean, it's a great moment for him. And then yeah, the three dots on his forehead, and yeah, his whole head explodes explodes onto the yep. camera like you feel like you're it's like raining on your face watching this movie it's disgusting yep. uh so mac uh max dead we had a quick cut back to the other group which now consists of dutch poncho billy and oh, Anna. uh billy is fucked or not billy not billy sorry oh poncho. uh oh uh oh poncho yeah is fucked up. we forgot to mention that because during the when the predator got caught in the net they use like this log as a counterweight counterweight and Bill or Pancho got crushed by this. This thing like, comes this swinging thing. down and hits him in the chest. He gets crushed by it, and he is messed up from like he is. You hear his pain, and they they show this in the scene you were just saying. Yeah, they pick they're him in a up. bad way because it's basically like Dutch and Anna are carrying him. He comes up to Billy, and Billy's like, he is in bad shape. 
He's like, a badger. This is, and, and he's like, I can make I it. I can make it. Oh, dude, I hurts. It hurts me because I like Poncho so much. He's like, I can make it. And yeah. you're like, oh, Poncho. And they pick him up. They're going to bring him with them and they keep going. But this is when Dutch says like, Anna, Anna reaches for a gun and he like slaps it out of her hand for the first time and says like, no weapons. That's why you didn't get attacked because like, you're not like he puts it together like, hey, if this thing's a hunter, it wants competition or it wants it to be It sporting. doesn't want it to just murder stuff. Yeah. So like leave the guns. It's probably like our, our best chance at this point. So they're carrying them out. Then we go back to Dylan's last stand, man. Amazing. Carl Weathers. Look, man, this guy, he'd been dragging you down this whole movie. He had all these scenes and all these moments of just being a pain in the ass. Just the best. He, he it's sees awesome. the predator. The predator's he sees up it in the tree. He knew it was there. Now he sees it. And then it looks at him and its eyes light up slow motion but the predator's gun comes out the sniper gun hits him in he's, the arm he start he turns and fires right away and then the eyes light up the gun shoots hits him in the arm arm drops to the ground still shooting still firing the hand, the severed arm holding the gun you see it lying on the ground just still firing as he's screaming as the music is swelling and the predator moves to the side, Dylan, his eyes follow the camouflage of it. And then it rips out its Wolverine claws. It's like whooshing. You see these two huge claws, by the way, they're literally like the half the size of his arm come out. And he pulls the other gun that Dutch had tossed him and aims it at it. And you see the one arm cut off. Burned yeah. off, blasted yeah. off, and then the, the arm holding the gun, one arm aiming it at this thing. He fires off a couple rounds before getting, getting, getting stabbed. Yeah, just uh, Dylan's last day, man. But we this was when that viewing party that we referenced earlier at the at the top of the show. We were losing our minds at this part. So cool to see a severed arm continue to shoot. We were just howling. That was such a so yeah, such a moment, such a moment. It's amazing. It looks great. It's amazing. They do it well. And he redeems himself. He's He's got his rede- his redemptive sacrificial ending and super badass. <laughs> he knew they were dead. So that's the thing, right? Like all this time, he's been the guy that's like, I'm doing my mission here. And then once he, for the first time, he actually sees the predator there. He's like, oh, we're all dead. Yeah. And then he's like, actually, I'm going to be the person that I was in the life before or whatever, who's like willing to sacrifice myself to do something. And he goes after the yeah, thing. And you think, do you think he knew he must've known like his mission was like, I'm not going to get Mac. No, I'm trying to buy Dutch and the survivors a little bit more time. 100% for sure. And that's why Dutch was like, mm, what are you doing here? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I don't know what you're up to. And he's like, I mean, Dutch was ready to be that same guy. Yeah. Like as sure. a true leader. So definitely. it was, uh, yeah, you know, no, that's definitely what it was. He's like, we're not making it out of this, but I saw that thing and I will, I'm going to take my shot at it. I'm going to give it yeah. my best shot. And yeah. he gives it his best shot and it's a good shot. It's a good one. It's a, it's an all time death for sure. And it's yes. I, the best death in this movie for sure. Um, but then we cut back over to the party and they're crossing over. Pretty good death coming up here on the bridge. Well, I'm not talking about sacrifice. I said death. Um, it's hard to beat an exploding arm, but we're on the bridge. Billy's like, 
That's enough. I yeah. Wait. What 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 is it that they hear? Do they hear someone scream? They hear Dylan scream. They hear Dylan. They hear screaming. Dylan scream. So they're crossing a log or tree that's fallen across a ravine or, or whatever. They're crossing this tree, and Billy is at the back. The rest of them are out front. They hear Dylan scream, and they know he's been taken out. And Billy stops. The rest of them go up to the edge of this thing, and they look back. And Billy, he's not coming. He has this huge gun in his hand. He looks back, throws it. He's not even going to use the gun. Not worth it. He's not going to win. He's not going to win, so he's not going to use the gun. He just throws the gun. That's not me. And then he takes off his shirt also. He's jacked. Apparently, everyone's jacked. Whatever. Takes off his shirt. He's jacked. Grabs his... uh, pouch around his neck, the pouch that he's always kept around his neck. This whole movie, he's, he's kind of held it every so often. As things got weird, he would reach for it. He grabs it, rips it off his neck, throws it to the side, mm-hmm. and he draws his machete, reaches up, places the machete over his chest, and just cuts a line down his own chest to draw his own blood, and he stands to wait. And this is all, Dutch has looked back, and he's like, Billy, come on. Billy's not coming. And he's like, okay. Just like Mac went after him, Billy here, Billy's not coming. This is it. And then there there was three. And then (laughs) there was three. They're off. And here Billy stands, cuts the line down his own chest. The blood starts flowing and he just waits. That that beat is awesome. And that serves well enough for that character. Uh, I was a little bit bummed he gets killed off screen. I was like, man, Billy, Billy deserved better than that. Though Billy had a great moment at the end there, but he gets killed off screen. You hear the, the... his screams and then at that point dutch kind of looks over and like poor poncho man he just gets a headshot i know he gets the headshot out of nowhere i really so yeah this is things are gonna happen really fast here and it starts with poncho getting a shot to the head and i just want to say billy's my favorite i love the mystery around his character i love the offness of his understanding of nature and tracking in the wild and his picking up on the predator before anyone else does and how early on it was that he just knew that something was off. I love that stuff. And that's why he's my favorite. The humanization of Poncho and what he brings to this team is he's my, he's the next best for me. You know, he's the one that I identified with the most that his reaction to these horrible things, whether it's people being killed, friends of his being killed or whether it's seeing horrible sights, was something that I would just, that's what a human would do. And I really sure. liked Poncho, man. Like, yeah. I don't know if, like you said, you said he's not in a ton of other stuff. This actor, he killed it. He was great. Yeah. Unfortunately, Poncho with the, with the unceremonious headshot, but, um, and then we get a, a capital so, A Arnold moment. Oh yeah. You like that. This is the one you like. Well, this I, is no. I like. This. I got. Two, I got two more Capital A Arnold moments, and I'm. I'm gonna. This just, is close. Yeah. I'm I, gonna explain why this is a Capital A okay, Arnold moment. It's a Capital A Arnold moment because. We saw this very same laser beam blow out the chest of Jesse Ventura. Yes, I agree. We we saw it headshot and kill Poncho. It hits Arnold. In the chest. And Arnold survives. He's fine. <laughs> he just takes it to the chest. So He's it's amazing. He's got a little bit of a bloody arm, but he survives. It's like a couple steps because his buddy gets hit in the head. And then she, uh, Anna, reaches for his gun. And Arnold didn't want her to do that. And he yeah, goes, and he no, kicks it away, he from, kicks her. It away no. from her, spins around to where uh, the shot came from. And he starts firing. He's firing at the predator. And then it shoots the same thing. Hits him. It looks like it hits him in the chest. It 
apparently hits him in the arm. It yeah. the the effect explodes out of his chest right above where he's holding the gun and he goes down and this is where he says that line that will last forever. Amazing. Apparently, it's one of his favorite lines that he's ever said. Which I think it's associated with him, but I don't think it has the same like. It's not a one liner. It's no, but it's not like a, I'll be back or no, Vista no, no, no. or you know, like yeah. It's just it's what the person would say in this moment when he wanted to yeah. tell the other person what to do, like move your ass, get to the chopper. <laughs> That's what you need to do right now. Go that way. Yep. Um, he takes the shot in the chest, and he doesn't have lingering effects from it. He seems nope. fine. He gets up. He starts to, he's running through the woods. He's kind of wounded, but then he slips. And as he slips, he falls off. And I do like his like, oh shit. Yes, which is very <laughs> authentic, genuine reaction. And he basically just goes off this cliff into the river. Fortunately, there's a river there to, um, did you hear what happened to his stunt double? I did not. They tore this up it real bad. He what? They tore up their knee real bad. Mm, I believe it. On this, on the fall into the the big jump fall into the river. I mean, this is crazy high. It's and high. Like, it looks awesome. <laughs> so good yeah, job. It's pretty good nuts. On you yeah, totally. For putting your body on the line for us to watch however many years later this is. But yeah, definitely. Um, but he, sw- he swims away. And I love this bit right here because it's kind of like a. It's awesome. It's like a sigh. He's like, all right, I got some distance. And he's like swimming to the shore. He and swims to the like shore a- and he he kind of crawls up onto the beach, but it's not a beach, like a sand beach. It's mud. He's pulling himself up and he's getting filthy, pulling himself up on this beach. But he t- he definitely like, takes kind of like breath. exhales, yeah. like a regroup. And then all of a sudden you just hear this splash behind him because you know that the predator jumped in behind him and it's like, oh, fuck me. Um, so he starts crawling through the muck and he just gets absolutely covered in mud and he kind of crawls under these little like kind of vine looking roots of this tree or whatever. And it almost kind of like, he's just sort of like resigned himself. Like I'm dead. That's a wrap, man. We tried. I've come as far as I can go. We, Anna will maybe get to the chopper, but like I can't. And then the predator comes up and we get our first like real good glimpse at this thing because he comes up and the camo is breaking up yeah the camo thing of his suit has fried in the water that was like kind of how i read it so now he doesn't have his camo so he's fully exposed and you see this like hulking massive thing comes right up to him it's enormous it's huge the guy the actor in the suit was like seven four and then you imagine like the nature of the suit adds a like couple another in, an inch or two or whatever yeah probably pushing eight feet huge. and it's great because it's because it dwarves Arnold, like it makes Arnold look small, yes. which is awesome. Um, but he can't see Arnold. And this is where the movie is very much not subtle. And this is my maybe my one criticism of the movie is not subtle, super heavy handed here. He looks at he looks in the direction of Arnold. Arnold's covered in mud. Can't see him. Oh, he sees something over to the side, shoots his laser at it. Oh, it's like a it's like a possum or something or something runs off and arnold then understands that this thing is only seeing these life forms from Mm -hmm. somehow but it's not from how he is right now covered in mud and he (laughs) he's of course holding his arms up yeah like he's holding these roots above his head with both hands so that his arms are up and his muscles are flexing and then he he says out loud 
he can't see me. And he reaches over, touches the mud on his arm and looks at the mud. Just the movie is just like Arnold cannot be seen when he's wearing mud. Yeah, that feels like a studio note. Um, It feels very much like someone as talented as John McTiernan would be like, no, trust the audience. And something tells me the like there was like a producer or something who was like, uh, you better explain you better, it. Yeah, because so how does he know that he's not? It's like he can't detect his body heat when he's covered in the mud. It's pretty well, like you figure that out. Like it's pretty, you know, you don't need that line. I agree. You don't need that line. And then we get, I guess. So here, here's, let me take one little break take, here. Take us in. Yeah. Because this movie's changed a couple times and we're about to change into a different phase of the movie. Big time. The last 20 minutes. And it's completely different from what we've watched before. And it fucking rules. Oh, so good. Dude, it's awesome. So Why is good. this movie so good? Why is this movie this good? Talent, man. It's it's you get the right people, you get the right directors, and you you let them cook, man. You let the you let the chefs cook. Dude, take take me into the beginning of this next. So we've had this whole movie, we've had all these characters, and we've been talking about this whole time long about how these characters are what have made this movie so awesome all this way. Well, guess what? We have 20 minutes left. Of a one-on-one with Arnold Schwarzenegger versus the Predator. And you're starting to realize that like, okay, this is why Dutch is the man. And this is why Dutch has the reputation that he has. Because he's smart, he's resourceful, and he's going full guerrilla tactics at this point. He's in the woods. He finds this like area. It's kind of got like an alcove. And it's got like an area above him. And he discerns that like, all right, this is going to be my quote-unquote home base. And he just starts rigging up all these traps. He's got this like in the in the cove, he's kind of got this like spiky trap. It's got all these like punji sticks. And then he like, you see him like just beast mode this log up. It's got this like, which is probably going to be some sort of like crushing device that he makes. We, we've seen before the predator can detect the military grade traps that they had set up before. Then they set up the whatever you want to call them. The, 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 we'll call them, you know, bush, bush, bush traps, traps uh, whatever. Bushcraft, yep. bushcraft. That's Love the word it. I'm looking for. Love it. And that worked against him. Yeah. He just doesn't quite have the eye for it. And so that's what Dutch leans into. He's going to, I'm going to double down on this. I'm going to cut, I'm going to cut these sticks into sharp edges so that they stab. That's what I'm going to go for, for how this thing works. And yeah, and we get great Arnold moments, great Arnold moments of him hoisting Before we up get things. to, we before we get to like one of my favorite capital A, we'll get mm. there in just a second. But like, yeah, he's hoisting things, he's sharpening sticks. We flip over to the predator because it's kind of like awesome. you're getting kind of this duality. You're getting your hero gearing up. You get your villain who's kind of like doing his thing, preparing. And we see Billy. We see the corpse of Billy, and he just oh. rips the spine and skull out of Billy and just kicks him off this tree man poor billy brutal poor billy De- definitely deserved more than that i was my first pass i was like i told you i was like ah oh, man I mean, you know billy got killed off screen but like and then i got like 10 minutes later and it was like Ooh, billy. oh billy all right billy got so at this point he's basically he like polishing his oh i i definitely felt that i was yeah. billy being my favorite i definitely yeah. felt that dude it it's gnarly Cause it's He's like, you see him, you see it's Billy, you see his face and then it pulls mm-hmm. back, the camera pulls back and then you see the silhouette of the predator over a corpse and he just rips his arm out. His arm lifts up super fast and then there's this, it looks like a chain of the spine and then the skull of Billy on the end of it. It's brutal. Uh, 
polishing his trophies. He's got a bunch of skulls. He starts blasting him with this like, like spray or whatever, whatever it yeah. is. And then cut back to Arnold, who is curving a bushcraft bow over his massive deltoids. <laughs> Capital A Arnold. <laughs> it's so good. Amazing. So good. Um, just he's got like he had, I guess, in his vest or whatever he had. Um, uh, I think it was like two must have been two grenades or whatever. And he um, he has two grenades and he must have had some powder from something else. Who knows he, where you see that he takes the two grenades and he fashions them into. So he, he turns one into an arrow, one into a javelin. And then he like takes this like powder and he wraps it up in some leaves and kind of makes like a, a pouch out of it. And you don't quite know what this powder is yet. It comes into play a little bit later, but the stage is set. Well, and then you get one more scene of the Predator setting up his trophies. He stacks the skulls side by side, bleached now, bleached human skulls. Yeah, the Predator is finished polishing his trophies, but then we cut back over to the final touches of Dutch. Oh my gosh. He makes a torch. He lights this torch. He's recovered himself in mud. It's time. It's time to go. He stands up on this tree. He lights this torch. And he just lets out this deep primal scream. It's amazing. Do you like? I love the primal scream. I How love do the scream. It's so good. It's not cheesy. And he's had enough. Like I mean, he's this is his last stand, and he's gonna give everything he's got left. And he just he calls it. He he just lets you it go, and, and then let's go, man. Get over. You're looking for me. I'm over here. Let's go. And then the predator hears this and he's like, okay, let's go. I'm going to come get you. Dutch is up in a tree. And then as he's hanging out in the tree, just behind him, because again, he's camouflaged. This this is all done so well. Predator slinks behind it, but the predator doesn't realize he's like slunk right behind Because he can't see him because he's covered in mud. Mm-hmm. Um, so it goes down kind of to this like um, this fire that he's made, right? Right. So he, th- he lit the torch. He screamed out and called the predator and then he threw the torch down and then he grasped this tree to hide. And, but he has a view of where he threw the torch down so that the fire is down below. He's hoping the predator goes down there where he can see him. He has got a good view of him. Well, the predator comes up behind him, but he's able to sense the predator on his way over. Predator comes behind him. He's frozen. He's not moving. Predator moves down, and then he kind of Tarzan swings, if you will, on this vine over to another tree but still can't be seen because he's still covered in mud. And then he looks down and now he's got the great view, the perfect view of his target. And he shoots off an explosive arrow. How cool is the exploding arrow? The bow is amazing. The bow ru- the bow is incredible. It's the second best exploding projectile of this, <laughs> of this <laughs> sequence. Um, but he, he shoots this explosive arrow and it wounds the predator a little bit, but it totally fucks up the predator's so camo check system. It out. Check like, it out, dude. Check it out. He fires the arrow. It explodes. The predator does not know what hit him, and he does not know where it is. And the predator starts firing in all directions. In the this di- scene looks amazing. It looks amazing. The predator turns towards, at least he turns towards the direction of where that arrow came from. And he just starts firing all over the place in that area. He doesn't know where it is. He cannot see Arnold. And this is where the tables have turned. The tables have turned, and the the hunter has become the hunted, as cliche as it, is, as it sounds. The predator 
does not know who is shooting at, does not know where the shot is coming from. He's firing in all directions. This is what happened to Jim Hopper. This is what happened yeah. to Arnold and Bill. And this is what happened when Blaine was killed and Bill Duke picked up the minigun and started firing it. This is when they fired one billion rounds into the jungle. The Predator is doing that thing. He doesn't know where it is. He's just finger on the trigger all the way down firing. Where is this guy that's shooting at me? I don't know what's going on here. And it rules. That's Beach at your own game. I have. I just have to reemphasize, though, that there's a, a far shot, a shot in the distance where you just see the, the Predator with all these massive, it almost looks like fireworks, sparks just sparking all over the place. And it looks so awesome. Uh, the shot looks fantastic. Arnold gets covered in sparks at least four yeah, times in yeah. this. Absolutely. He, and you can tell they're like really landing on him. Like he's the squinting he's like, like he's like covered. Fuck. Yeah. Getting covered in sparks. This kind of sucks. <laughs> um, His shots. It looks, he doesn't move. He's just hugging yeah. this tree where he knows at least he doesn't see me here. If his shot hits me here, it is what it is. But he can't see me. He's just firing. And then Dutch falls out of the tree, kind of jumps out of the tree. He's on the move. He goes down to the little. And um, the predator can see him move. If he's, he can see him. He can, so he sees yeah. him moving and he comes after him. But he uses that to his advantage. So he goes down to his little cave. He gets his other weapons. He gets uh, his like, he gets one ja- one spear and then one uh, projectile javelin, and he's hidden again. Predator still kind of stalking him. By spear, we mean a large stick with a large knife on the end of it. Yeah, sick. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> it's great. He throws a rock so that the like because he can't see. The problem is at this point now he can't really see the predator either because it's dark. He's like outside the fire range, and even though the camo is not working, he can't really see where the predator's at. So he throws a rock to draw the fire of the predator, so he knows where he's at. I mean, as soon as he has the like, so the predator shoots at the rock because it detects motion, and then as soon as he knows that, he takes the projectile javelin, which rules, which rules so hard. What do you got? I'm so sorry, but we the, we that's missed fine. an amazing moment that's Did nearly a capital A Arnold moment. So Arnold runs away. Predator's coming after him, right? The Predator's chasing after him after the after he was firing off into the distance. Arnold jumps down and runs away. The Predator is like, oh, I see you running. I'm coming. The Predator somehow heads him off and gets in front of him. And Arnold sees him in front of him. And Arnold is like, oh, fuck. And then he looks down. And he grasps this tree, another one of these trees that have like fallen over a ravine. And Arnold goes underneath it and holds his whole body underneath it. Oh, yeah, yeah, Under yeah, this yeah. tree bridge. It's so ridiculous and not something that a human can do, by the way. You can't do this for any length of time. You can do this for two seconds before you're, you let go. He just like holds this tree underneath this tree. So he can get hidden again. So he you're can right. hide. It's so quick. It happens so quick. And when I saw it, I was watching it and I was with my dad and I was like, people can't do that. Arnold can. But Arnold can do it, man. And I believe it. I believe that I believe he can every, do that. You believe every minute of it. Um. So he throws the explosive javelin, though. He sees some uh, blood, which is like, so that kind of blows the predator kind of off his off his game a little bit. And he sees some blood in the water and he start or he seems some uh, not in the water. He sees some blood around predator blood. It's like a bright green kind of blood. And he starts to follow this blood trail. And then as he's following it, he kind of comes across the predator. Predator's behind him. No. So check this out, dude. Do you think, and this is what I think, and I think this is kind of going back to our boar scene i think the predator is bleeding and the predator sets another trap for him does the predator well because 
Well, because he says bleed, bastard, and he starts to follow him. I think I think that the predator leads him to a place, and then the predator doubles back and drops in behind him. The predator knows right. that he's gonna. He leads the blood trail. The predator is mindful of the blood trail that he's leading, and then. Dutch is like, okay, I'm falling, I'm falling, I'm falling. And then Dutch is like, wait a second. And the predator drops him behind him. It's a very effective scene. It's it's creepy and spooky. And I think that the predator has laid this trap. He might have, but then we got the ace in the hole, which I already mentioned, the powder in the leaf. It's like a gorilla flashbang. Bon- flash so he blinds the predator, jumps away, tries to jump and grab another branch, but he kind of like falls and lands in the river. And this is the opposite of blinding the predator. Yeah, he. Uh, but he comes out clean as a whistle out of this river. That's all you need to do, by the way. If you're ever like super dirty and you think you need a shower, you don't. You just need to fall into a river. This isn't as egregious as... Uh, Rambo two, no Rambo two, <laughs> like he like he literally like clean in the next shot. It's pretty ridiculous, <laughs> but um. So then he's climbing back on, and then the predator takes the Wolverine blades, kind of clanks him between his head, like it's like kind of sandwiched on his either neck. side of his neck, like. And that's when I that's why I love this so much because that's when it becomes apparent that like this is personal. This is no longer yes. a hunt because he could have killed him, but now it's like. Now we're going to fight because I finally found my match. I, I could found have just someone taking your head off right now. I found a, a decent enough adversary on this godforsaken rock. So now the, we're going to fight. So he grabs him and he, the predator throws Dutch up and he's like, we're going to fight. And he could have just knifed him there, but instead, nope, let's go. So he takes, and this is the great taking the helmet off scene. Yeah. So, we, so Arnold falls into the water and loses his camo, but it's okay because we can see Arnold again without his shirt on. We like that. Also, huge. because of that, we get the chance to see the Predator without his shirt on. Yeah, we do. <laughs> because the Predator now disrobes. He takes off his weapons, lays them to the side, and then we get up, takes the helmet off. What do you think of the Predator, Dustin? We think of the design of the Predator. It looks amazing, and we have to talk about, thank God for Stan Winston. Oh my goodness gracious. Did you hear about the whole saga about the original monster? Tell me the whole story. This is the, the we're going to the predator story of the monster right now. Let lay it on me. They're filming this movie and John McTiernan knows like, hey, I can film this movie because I'm not gonna I'm gonna do the Jaws thing. I'm not gonna show the monster very often. Meanwhile, Fox is like, hey, we got a guy working on this monster. And they're like, okay, great, great. Get this monster to me. They finally ship the monster down. This thing looks terrible. It looks horrible. It does not work. They sh- they shoot for two days. And John McTiernan's like, dude, he sends it back to the studio and he goes, look at these dailies. This looks like shit. Do you want me to keep filming this? And Fox thankfully was like, oh no. Okay. Yeah, you're right. This looks (laughs) terrible. And then they were like, fuck, what are we going to do? So Arnold was like, yo, I worked with this guy named Stan Winston who made some fucking rad shit when I worked on the Terminator. He is the man. This is, by the way, a direct quote from Arnold. Everything Dustin just said is an absolute (laughs) direct quote. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking rad shit. Um, So they call up Stan Winston, the the genius behind all the, the great effects that we saw in Terminator, and they were like, save our skins. And he was like, all right, I'm on it. And so he designs- Who does he call? 
Well, yeah, yep. He d- he does a design, but he also gives one call to James Cameron. Ca- calls James Cameron. They kind of collaborate. He's like, all right, I'm going to put this together. And he, I guess he saw a portrait of a, Rast- a Rastafarian and it was like, oh, we got warrior, Rastafarian warrior. And he's like, oh, that guy looks fucking sweet. He's not wrong. So they're like, he needs to have like mandibles and like all this other sort of stuff. And they just made like this really nasty, like intimidating, terrifying monster. And the predator, he looks great. Horrifying. Yes. The the way his like his jaws open up, like it is it's iconic, man, and it lasts to this day. Uh you can find footage of this original monster if you want, and it looks terrible. You know who was originally class uh cast to play the monster? Jean-Claude Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van Damme. And the Bill Duke just corroborated a lot of these stories because there was like some rumors. So like but then he got like sick in the suit and he got dehydrated. He was not and, having like, he, a good time. He was like not the right fit, and then they were. I guess he they also found didn't want to be. He he literally didn't want to be only in the suit and never himself on screen. Which yep, fair, ex- ex- you're Jean Claude yeah, Van Damme. I mean, you're Jean Claude Van Damme. I can understand that. Was was he Jean Claude Van Damme at that point? Like, was he a household name? I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, they said, "Hey, we we know this guy. His name is um Kevin Peter Hall. He just uh he just finished filming Harry and the Hendersons." Listen, man. <laughs> This movie, how did it get to be the way that it was? However, it happened. Providence, man, divine providence that gave us yeah, Predator. I think, hey man, I think there's a a lot of the classics. You got to just have luck sometimes. I think luck is a part of a uh, making great films, man. I really do. Something about it, I really don't know. But because all of these things lined up. The horrible monster that they designed to begin with. What they ended up with the design for the Predator, having Jean-Claude Van Damme as the monster, as the person in the suit initially, and then ending up with, um, what's his name that you just said? You just said this enormous Uh, man. Yeah. Kevin Peter Hall. I think he was 7'4". Enormous man in this suit. So works to this movie's benefit in ways that like there couldn't have been another way. There's no way of imagining it being another way. And here he is. He stands tall in all of his glory, in the glory of this horrifying monster suit, enormous over the most enormous man, Arnold, that he's up against. (laughs) And Arnold says, delivers his line. You're one ugly motherfucker. He's not wrong. That motherfucker is ugly. He's very ugly. Ugly ass motherfucker for sure. But they start to fight. Arnold has no chance. <laughs> he gets his ass whooped, like slapped around. Like they're kind of like they're very conveniently and they kind of look kind of looks like a like an arena almost. It's like this like small little circular area so they can square up. And he just gets like slapped he gets around. His ass and, beat all over the place. <laughs> and he like he's flying all over and he just get like he gets one final like slap and he like sends him towards the back. And so Arnold just starts like crawling away you can only assume that this creature is now deriving a lot of satisfaction from this contest you know they've matched wits they've matched technology and traps and this man has proved a contender but now one-on-one he's destroying him one-on-one he beating wrecking his day Arnold crawls back to his final his his final ace in the hole, which is like the it's such the, a good moment, man. It's so good. He goes to this trap. He knows it's his trap. He's he gets right where he wants to be. He's back. He almost. I mean, he is beckoning, but like he's he's crawling away as though he's scared. Gets to where he wants to be, and he turns around, and the predator sees him, 
And Arnold is like, come on, come on and kill me. And you know that this is where Arnold had set his trap. And he's crawling underneath because you know there's going to be some sort of trap where these sticks basically impale this predator. But the predator stops and he can feel He knows. These things. He is like... He's like Come on. Do it. Do it. Come on. Come on. Kill me. I'm here. Kill me. I'm here. Kill me. Come on. Kill me. I'm here. Come on. Do it now. Kill me. Amazing. Uh, just a great performance. And he's just screaming, screaming. And I do. I, it is kind of funny. Like, I do like the Predator's just like, Nope. And he just like walks the shortest route possible <laughs> around, around this the, around the trap. <laughs> it's like really funny, but Arnold's got the he's got the backup, the big log that he hoisted up. I don't know if it's a backup, isn't it just like the counterweight to that exact trap? No, I think it's a backup. Okay, I think way. he pro- I would assume he planned it, but he I mean you could be right, because I mean he kicks the trap. You might be right actually, but he kicks the he kicks something and it causes this huge log to crush the predator. Hey, dude, this this log is enormous. It comes straight down on the predator's head, just and just land. You, they show you the shot of it hitting the ground. They don't show you it like actually crushing the predator, but they show you it hitting the predator, and then they show you it bouncing off the ground. And so, yeah, I think that this is the counterweight to that trap. Like he puts all the pressure on this trap yeah, for it to snap, right. and the weight is over here, hanging over here, and that's what's holding it up. Once the trap is sprung. The weight goes up and the trap springs. And instead, the predator dips the trap, but he happens to come underneath right where that weight would drop. And that's where Arnold kicks the trap, sh- kicks the trap open yeah. and it drops on him. It hits him. It's huge and heavy. It hits the predator. And Arnold is like, oh my God, <laughs> it's over. It's like a sire. Sigh of relief, or is it like he just like you kind of hear some noise and it's like a like a little bit of a fake out, you know? And he's like, "Oh man!" And he gets up and then he looks. The predator, he's been bested. He's the just covered in blood. He's coughing blood. Uh, he's like coughing this green blood. Another just fantastic line of like, "What the hell are you?" Just just like looking at this thing, like what? I love this moment. I think this moment is so cool because Arnold says it, right? He looks down at this creature that's from another world and he certainly nothing that anyone has had could have any understanding of. And that bested the best warriors that he's ever worked with, his, his soldiers, his crew, he looks down at this creature and he says, what the hell are you? Now think of, how much this means, this question means to Arnold in the moment, right? What the hell are you? You killed all of my men, the best men I've ever worked with. Billy, you killed Billy who could smell you from however long away. You killed Blaine. You killed Mac. You killed Poncho. You killed Hawkins. What the hell? You're in a fucking weird looking alien what the hell are you and after he says that the alien says back to him predator says back to him out loud what the hell are you is the predator just repeating those words that he just heard back or is the predator actually saying the same idea to him i've come here before 
I've been here before. We, our species has come here before and done this thing. We've never seen something like you that could interesting keep up with us, that could follow us, that could watch us. What the hell are you? What are you? Oh, you're Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger. <laughs> That's a... Uh... Uh, I had never considered that, and that's uh, very interesting. Uh, I don't know, I like that a lot. That's uh, an interesting thing to ponder. Yeah, that's, I don't know. I love this moment. It's so good because the predator says it back. The predator says it back. The predator definitely says it back. Oh, he yeah, he repeats the line, what the hell are you? It's yeah, awesome. Totally. It rules. I think, yeah, man, you're onto something. Yeah, that's awesome. Listen, man, this movie, two plus two equals 10. Everything that this movie does is better than it ever should have been. It is so awesome. It's great. The predator is like, well, I, I'm going to, uh, the last laugh here. <laughs> the last so he, laugh. Uh, Literal literally last laugh. and figuratively. And so he, pull, he dials in this self-destruct command on his little console there. And meanwhile, this little like wrist computer he has, he starts to do Billy's laugh. Um, so that was why I pointed out that Billy laughed at one of the... And he w- had tracked that laugh in his recording, whatever. It's like uh, Kevin McAllister in Home Alone mm-hmm. 2. He's like recording things so he can use it later. And he starts to laugh. He hears like a beeping. And so Dutch knows it's time to run. And so he runs he and sprints. And there's like a massive nuclear level explosion goes off. He gets away just at the nick of time, obviously. But the the tr- the... The helicopter that Anna made it to is like circling around trying to find them. Anna made it to the helicopter. She Anna got to the chopper. Anna did what she was asked to do, and that was get to the chopper. And the pilot's what's the, like, Whoa. "What's the general's name? The colonel? The it's General. I want to say General Kirby, but I think that's I from know. <laughs> General Kirby from Commando. Yeah, uh, I, I, it's not General oh, Kirby. It's something else. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. Um, yeah, I don't know, but the general's he's on, on the, this he's chop, on the, the chopper. On the chopper and there's just this loud explosion and then finally the dust starts to settle and I dude this ending man is like chef's kiss because the dust settles it's an Arnold Dutch just has this like thousand yard stare he's just like staring off in the distance he gets picked up in the in the chopper and then it just it basically ends with him flying away in the chopper but like he's totally shell-shocked the subverting of expectations of like it, it like yeah our hero won so to speak he didn't quite win because his closest teammates all got massacred in front of his eyes he now has to deal with this burden of like there's extraterrestrial life out there that likes to come down and hunt us for sport he was like has all this trauma so it's not a traditional like our hero saved his saved the day and everything's good and grand and everything is it's like it ends on kind of like a holy shit kind of note like he's barely not beaten is kind of the way i'm going to say it but like psychologically this man is like a wreck at this point and he flies away on this helicopter and just looks and that's it he's just yeah like that's and that's a wrap that's a wrap on predator now i think that i would say this conclusion that they the conclusion that they gave us in this movie right here reads to me like they wanted to make a sequel because they wanted to have dutch alive show up again and face off with predators again. And there's stories about how that maybe that could have been done and other scripts that were written, but Dutch Dutch's story is done. He's done. This story is concluded. Honestly, he probably should not have made it out of this moment alive to, you know, 
there's no benefit to him surviving unless you're making a sequel to this movie because the guy's not going to go tell the CIA, oh, you know why we didn't make it? Fucking aliens. (laughs) No one's buying it. He he knows that he's not dumb. No one's going to buy it. There's no chance of it. Is he going to go out and be like, oh, hey, guess what? This is what we found about the Russians and what they were operating on. No, the dude doesn't care about that anymore after what he saw. He's out, especially after the whole like expendable asset thing. This is not only was his his crew thrown under the bus for this whole mission to begin with. He's found that there's a bigger problem in the universe to humanity yeah, then so yeah suddenly your uh your your military squabblings are insignificant not at there's all there's extraterrestrial that are can kill us no interest to any of this honestly dutch should not have made it out alive except for the fact that they were wanting to maybe have him alive for a sequel either way maybe i'm fine with dutch surviving though you're probably you're definitely right because i mean the 80s were like are always attributed as being like the birth of sequels kind of like when sequels and series were a thing up the heels of star Wars and Rocky and blah, 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 blah. But so you're definitely right. And it sounds like every single seek they've made three sequels at this point to varying degrees of, I guess, goodness. I haven't, uh, I haven't seen any of them to be <laughs> Neither honest. Have I. I've never seen any other predator movies except for predator. I'm a little bit nervous too, though. I hear the, I hear predator two is good. I hear Predator 2 is good. I hear the 2010 one was actually kind of a surprise. And then I hear the 2018 one is a disaster. So, so, but this movie is just fantastic. But it sounds like of uh, each time those sequels come out, Arnold's been offered the role. The 2010 one, the Lawrence Fishburne part, there's Lawrence Fishburne's in that movie. That was written for Dutch. And then they just re- rebranded it. But it was also like, Come on, man. He was still governor at that time. Get it together. Like, what are you doing? Um, what are you doing? So let's move into our closing thoughts. I mean, this, this yeah, movie is awesome. This movie is great. I love that this movie starts as a movie with a plot, and you're given a plot, a completely reasonable plot for any given movie, and you follow this as a military action movie up to a certain point, and then the plot doesn't matter anymore. Literally everything that was going on with this plot is the wind. It's out the window. It's gone. It's behind. And all of these people are being hunted by a monster. And that's all that there is to it. There's nothing else to it. Everything that they were coming to do from the beginning of this movie, as they're flying in on the helicopter and you're seeing this scroll of names of the actors who are in this movie is out the window. They're being hunted by a monster. And I love that. Yeah, you covered it. I mean, I think I was able to kind of weave in all the thoughts that I wanted. I, I love this is a fantastic ensemble movie. It's a fantastic action movie. Uh, all the characters have a moment to shine, if not several moments to shine. All the the common tropes that are subverted a little bit, uh, especially for movies that came out during this time period. And I just cannot reemphasize enough how incredible this movie looked in 4K. And I know that I'm like a total dork about this sort of stuff, but like I've been <laughs> really enjoying uh, now that I got my first 4K setup and I'm still a physical media collector and part of the reason I collect physical media is because it looks better than streaming and to the point where I, so my general, what I did was I watched it one time for fun uh, with my partner and uh, and then I watched it again to take some notes and the second time when I was watching it for note taking, I was like, oh, I'll just throw it on the Apple TV because like when you buy a lot of these Blu-rays, they come with the digital copy anyways. I was like, just for ease, I'll throw it on the Apple TV and I got like 15 minutes in and I was like, 
oh, it looks so much better on disc. And so I <laughs> ended up cracking out the disc to, to finish it up. But man, I had such a blast. Like I said, I knew I always loved this movie, but like for whatever reason, whether like I said, it's this project, the 4K, the time of my life, whatever, this resonated so perfectly for me. I know at the end of this, we're going to rank them and I'm going to have to give this one some serious, serious thought on how high it's going to go. Agreed. I can, I mean, at this point, I can pretty much guarantee top five. I can almost guarantee top three. Um, it's going to just, uh, it's going to agree. I'm going to have to give some serious time and thought until like uh, where I end up placing it. But man, this just hit every note for me. It was such a blast. I had so much fun watching this and man, what a movie. I agree 100%. My last paragraph here is, if you know Predator, you love Predator. To know Predator is to love Predator. If you don't know Predator, then I promise you it's better than you think it is. If you think this is, ah, it's Predator, it's a monster movie with Arnold, it's in the 80s, it's not my cup of tea, I promise you it's better than you think it is. And that's where I leave it. You said it best earlier when you said that this movie is 2 plus 2 equals 10. That is going to wrap up our discussion on Predator. This has been 10 Years of Arnold. If you're enjoying the show, please rate and review us. We'd greatly appreciate that on Apple Podcast or Spotify. It does help spread the word. You got some things to say to us, comments, more facts about these movies. We'd love to hear from you. We can be reached at 10yearsofarnold at gmail.com. But you have to spell that out. That is T-E-N, years of Arnold at gmail.com. If you're really enjoying the show and you want to show that appreciation with a small tip, buy us a cup of coffee, so to speak, we would appreciate that. We do have a Kofi account set up for that. That is at Kofi.com, K-O-F-I.com slash 10 years of Arnold. Again, spelled out T-E-N years of Arnold. That would be super appreciated. Our artwork is by Antonio Garcia. Our music is by John McMichael. Join us next week when we will be discussing also from 1987, The Running Man. Thank you. See you next week.